Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this, it's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it, and I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible, just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it's, it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash OLLC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meat, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. And get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash OLOC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst. Stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Check, check. Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I got my brother from another mother once again next to me, Mr. Chappelle Lacey. Thank you yeah, for being here. Uh-huh, as always. Looking nice, looking healthy, looking awesome. How's life? Life's good? Life's good. 
Good. I've been seeing you out there grinding, killing it. I do what I can. Training, doing your sprints, doing your yeah, running. Yeah, let's go, baby. Eating your vegetables. Eating my vegetables. 99.9% vegan. Green beans, yeah. Can we say it's 999 for you? Yeah, 999. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and then sitting in front of me, welcome to the podcast, Jessica Alexander. What's that? Is that your real name? That's your real, real That's name? That's my real name. Mm-hmm. Sick. And was it the K too? Uh-huh. That's sick. That's me. So me and you, let's see. I met you at Runyon. I probably saw you running a bunch of times. We say hi to each other. And then I think later on, Luis hit me up. Shout out to Luis, man. He's already gotten oh, some shout out to awesome Luis. people we on my podcast. Luis. We love Luis. Oh, man. He's like, yo, get my girl and blah, blah, blah. And then I think you sent me a voicemail. And then blah, blah, blah. And then just shit got crazy. And here we are. So mm. thanks for being yeah, here. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks yeah. for having me. So how's life? Life's good. Oh, yeah. life is good. I'm so blessed right now. I'm chilling. Like, and how long have you been in California for now? I've only been here for three years. You came right before the pandemic. Yeah, January oh, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That shit was crazy. I was so glad I got here, though. Like, and, yeah, I was and, you, and you stuck it out the whole time? Oh, yeah. I didn't go nowhere. That's a trooper. Yeah, it was good. And you came here from where, Philly? No, I came here from actually from Portland. I'm from Atlanta. Yeah. And then I was living in Portland working for Nike, and then I moved from Portland to here. Okay, yeah. you never lived in Philly? No, but I went to Philly. That's like my second home. Ah. Yeah, I was there a lot. Okay, so, so you were born in Atlanta? Born in Atlanta, yeah. And how has it grown up there? You have siblings and stuff. Um, I do. I have. Um, Atlanta's crazy. Um, I I have one older half brother and a younger half brother and sister, and uh, I, we grew up in East Atlanta. And how is it going up Atlanta, there? East Atlanta, Gucci Man. That's right. Gucci Man. Well, the right? Black, yeah, Zone 6, baby. Yep. That's where we yeah. Oh, shit. That's real shit. She got the tat on her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so growing up there was cool? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Atlanta forever. I'm so southern proud in that way. Like, Atlanta is one of the best cities in the south. It's so much fun. There's so much culture. It's wild. Yeah. I, I love Atlanta so much. Yeah. I like, I like visiting there. I think Savannah's beautiful, too. Oh and uh, Atlanta's nice. It's just so muggy. But we have muggy yeah. here now, so what's the difference? Yeah. It, it, it's um, like Atlanta is... Literally one of like there's not too many cities in the United States that are that like culture, but yeah, Atlanta is like real. super, super like there's it's it's so so many cross like components of like music and culture and like all of it, and it's just one yeah. of the most real raw places, and everyone's so nice, like everyone's yeah. all genuinely like trying to help you out or trying to get mm-hmm. to know who you are, like uh, it's a very special place. I yeah. love it. I love it so much. And uh, how were you as a kid growing up? I was I was a mess. Okay. In what way? Like partying? Like rebellious? Yeah. Like I grew up. Um, like it's crazy. Growing up for me, I uh, I had a, a quite the household growing okay. up. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like growing up, I definitely um, just endured a lot in my childhood. Like there was a lot of abuse and neglect and things like that going on in the house. Yeah. And um, so then that led me to I, I really didn't have anybody like looking out for me or doing anything. I was just kind of out on my own. You know, my mom, when I was little, it was like my mom and I, and we, like my dad was a huge component of just, he was terrible dude. We got away from him. And then long story short, the system failed us. And I ended up having to go back to live with him when I was like 12. Wow. And, um, she did the best she could to try and keep me away from that. But, uh, he was a crazy ass dude, like living in his house. It was like, have you ever seen, um, the show shameless? Yes. yes, I love that okay, show. Okay, so just that was my house. But okay. instead of a bunch of kids running around, it was just like a bunch of grown ass people doing drugs in and out Damn. of prison, running around. You know, I was selling drugs for my dad. You kind of had to earn your keep. And wow. it, it was it was like what Lord kind of the drugs Flies. Were you selling? I, I was selling Coke and I was selling weed. And oh, you were selling too? For yeah. You? Oh, I didn't realize. I was like, yeah. I, 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 was, I, don't wanna, I was like 13. I was like, Holy so yeah. Shit. So the fast. first time, I grew up really fast. So the first time I like, 
fuck. The first time I was introduced to anything like that, I think I was like 11, 12. Okay. And my dad would just throw these ragers out of the apartment, out of the house, and just like people would be everywhere. And it just slowly trickled. Oh, just run this for me. Do this for yeah. me. You know, yeah. and then it was like I didn't really realize what I was getting into. And then the first time I ever like smoked weed or drank, I was 12. First time I ever did Coke, I think I was 13. Holy um, shit. Yeah, and then it's I heavy. it's heavy. Uh, and but I mean, when you're when you're in it, like I can look yeah. back, like it, the, and actually, my like upbringing is a huge part of like what I'm doing now and yeah. reasons why I'm doing yeah. now. But um, it's it was just crazy all the time. We ha- I was mostly raised by like random friends of my dad that just lived there, and mm-hmm. um, we were doing whippets and we were running. You know, it was like their Damn. way of caring for me. And teach me how to grow up. It was really fucked up. But yeah. when you're a kid, you don't know you that. You don't know. Yeah. You have no idea like that this isn't normal or this isn't okay. Yeah. yeah it's um, just what you know. That's just what you yeah. know. You're just doing it. You Were know. You going to school too? Barely. So Damn. I was like, yeah. So I was like in school, but uh, again, my dad was just like he was a very polar person. Like any type of abuse that could go on in that house, it was going on. So yeah. sometimes he could be the life of the party and be. Uh, fun, awesome human, and the next day he could just be throwing plates at your head, beating your ass. You yeah. don't know what's coming, and wow, you don't know why. Man. You know, so nobody was really telling me to go to school, or uh-huh. and so I just kind of wasn't. Quick, like I, I, yeah. just, I didn't give a fuck. Quick question mm-hmm. um, about your father, because I, I dealt with a similar situation with my stepfather. Like it, he was like very flip flop with his emotions, but also like I, I don't know, I don't. He's never been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure with some sense of like bipolar, bipolar. yeah because it was very hot and cold yeah the way he was yeah you know what i mean it's like exactly what you just said like all of a sudden like he's nice but then in it like in the blink of an eye it's just snaps boom, destruction totally different bra- yeah and yeah. he i know but to, to the extremes yeah like wait yeah you, it's you, like it's like life with the party and then like boom yeah, yeah like and then like the most the violent yeah. person of, of all time and yeah yeah and that's it's kind of how he was and i I look back and I know I know my dad's upbringing and I I know he mm-hmm. was a very abused child and you know cycles repeat yeah. each other. Hurt people, right? hurt people, right? Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Exactly. I love this damn podcast <laughs> because I, I sorry to cut you off, no. but like I just meet people that like and you know it's just nice to hear In the first five minutes. I know that Boom, you have is. like this this connection with someone yeah. you've never met. I know it's awesome, it's and so it's just like like yeah. I'm like it's beautiful. It's like I'm hearing. You know, you feel me, yeah, and it's like, and it's then you so have this connection crazy. that's like even deeper because you're like, oh, I feel you, I understand. Yeah, you. yeah. it's I, so crazy. It's my favorite thing in the world because yeah. we all have stories, like whether they mirror each other or they're different, there is overlap in those, and it's so something beautiful, beautiful about that, mm-hmm. especially when you see where where you're where you're at today, especially because you you expressed you know just a few a uh, few minutes ago like you know your childhood is the reason yeah. why you do things today like that's that's beautiful not yeah. everybody has that outcome no and then, uh, yeah and then she then she ends up, ends up gravitating towards punk and hardcore that was my first savior i, Which I i'm saying everybody I, I, that's yo, always in your yo shit. like not to be cheesy but like i i swear there's been three I'll, I'll i say there's three really pivotal like savior type moments in my life and that was the first that was the first fucking place i found my belonging you know what yeah. i mean like i i definitely because I was in such a volatile environment with volatile people and like didn't really feel like I had anywhere to go. And then even going to school one, I just didn't think I was smart, not realizing that like I was enduring a lot of abuse. And so like, how could I focus in school? But then when you're in school, they're just like, Oh, you're not keeping up. What's your problem? So then you're like, well, fine, I'm not fucking going like whatever. (sighs) And I got other ways to make money. I'm fine. You know? Um, and I, 
I it's it's wild to see like the first place I really found home was punk and hardcore. I remember this dude I was in high school with took me to the show and I and it was like the first time it was a local show and I it was overdose. Do you remember the Atlanta band yeah, overdose? Yeah. Okay, so it was like long ago and I and it was at this place called the Treehouse. Shout out Neil Patel, um fucking promoter <laughs> at that time. We love him. Um and I swear I was like fuck like this is how I feel. I love this energy. I love this violence. I, I fuck. This is it. You know, I was like, oh Sick. fuck yeah. And then, <laughs> and then from there, it was like I just kept finding other shows and other things to go to. And then I met uh, this graffiti writer in Atlanta who was like, "You need to be put onto the real shit." Because like growing up at the time, and then he gave me all these like burned CDs. It was the first time I heard my favorite band ever, Leeway, and it just what? opened my fucking. <laughs> That's your favorite band. Yo, yo, shout out to Leeway. Yeah, like, shout you out, full, Eddie. Full. full full on wow so it, and then it snowballed from there and then that's where i Born found fire yeah are you kidding? she knows what's up this is amazing yeah so it's like that that was it like, that's, that's so random you find, too. Yeah. The show you find like these people i was like they feel like me like i Your finally tribe. found people yeah, yeah, that yeah. feel like me about everything yeah. you know yeah. and i and i and then i just went head on into it i was like this is yeah. all that i'm gonna fucking do this is all i'm gonna be and i that's all I fucking did. I swear, like I. You going in a pit and shit too, going crazy. Oh yeah, going off, and and <laughs> I. Swear. Do you feel like um? That's dope. Like uh, like the sound of it and all that stuff matched the tone of like your life, your your life, your life. and your your yes. your like home life and all that stuff. Yeah, all the you grow up in chaos and then you go to this place and you find chaos and you find other chaotic people. You know, yeah. in whatever it's right. In a, it's in a refreshing way. Yes. It's like it's more like let's lean on each other because damn whatever's going on out there is fucked. So like yeah. you feel me. And so you let's find more people going through shit you're going through. Exactly. And then you find people that understand you or you feel like they understand you and interests that align with your interests. And it's like instead of like yeah I don't know what would have been going on in high school at that time. Whatever, whatever. You know, yeah. like that that didn't make sense to me. Like none of that made sense to me. And I ended up moving out of my dad's house when I was 15. Wow. Um. And cause I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I dipped out and I was living with other people. And that's actually when I started working in a strip club. I was way too young. Whoa. Didn't know what I was doing. But at the time, so like in that path of like, all I did was travel around. That's how I started going to This Is Hardcore. I went to Black and Blue Bowl. I went anywhere I could Whoa. find it. Like for years. <laughs> like you asked a Joe Hart, that's like family. Yeah, so shout out like, to Joe, man. Shout out to Joe. And he looked out for me. And like, and I found these like places where I felt like I belong. And then I was hustling other ways i was like racking and stealing and I, they were uh, like not there were certain people in my life teaching me like how to do these scams and we had all these different schemes running and i wanted to be a part of it i remember i'll never forget i was at <laughs> this venue 585 wall street and there were these certain dudes that i was like trying to i knew they were racking i knew they were scheming i was like i could fucking i was doing what it. what does that mean to the listeners racking and scheming uh stealing just okay, but yeah. yeah like just different schemes like we yeah. were you know stealing shit reselling it okay, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and so i remember i had a tiny scam i was running at the time and it was like i was like selling all these like prada i would steal these prada dresses and like vcbg dresses and sell them to the rich girls at school for like whatever the hell they were doing and then i met these i met these dudes and i was like i knew they were doing real shit i remember i'll never forget they're all leaned up on the stage and i was like i want to be a part of it and they were just kind of like whatever and i was like what do you want i'll get it for you and then I did. And then I went and stole the things that they asked for. And they're like, okay. And then they kind of like taught me how to rack and ski, like properly do it. So I was doing that. Making and then, good money? Yeah, I was making good money. But then I had some other people in my life that were like, you're dumb. Just fucking take your clothes <laughs> off. Take your clothes off. Like you make way more money. And, more money. And I was really, I was actually really like, 
I think a lot of my persona came out of need, like being more aggressive, being more out there, being wild, being real, seen, being seen. And, and, but really like inside, I'm like still pretty sure. Sh- I don't, I didn't want to do that shit. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck yeah. I was doing. I was 15. No one should have hired me. Number one. Um, but if you weren't getting like the love and attention and affection you were getting at home, then you leave the home and find other ways to get that. You'll love. find it. Yeah. And yeah. so for me there, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I got into that part of my life. And, uh, and I never forget, I was so, <laughs> I was so nervous. I had to get really wasted. And oh, for the first time I, you did it? For the first it? time. And wow. I was so scared. And I got up there and I did it. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was at this shitty janky club <laughs> off of Viewer Highway. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And even in the night when I was a new girl and didn't know what I was doing, I made 850 bucks. This was in Philly? No, this was in Atlanta. Damn. This was in Atlanta. Your first and night made $800? My first night. And I looked at that wad of cash and I was like, that's a down payment on apartment at the time. I was like, if I just do it a couple more times, I got an apartment. You know what I mean? Like then I can, then I can get someone to co-sign. I got the money. Like I can do You're it. You're in survival mode at that point. Fully. So then I threw myself into that world. And like, so then really my younger years were fully, I was working at the strip club, going to fucking hardcore shows. That's all that I did. Wow. How many years? How many years are you doing that? I was doing that for, Oh God, Probably till I honestly, I, I really stopped when I was like 21, 22. Um, but like how now, like that was kind of my, I, I'll remember like, I have to give credit to so many people in the hardcore scene and in the punk rock scene. Again, like Joe, like I remember I'd go up to this is hardcore and I was so, yo, I feel so lucky. He'd give me a pass. I'd be partying in the back. Do you know how many fucking sick ass bands I saw from stage at fucking <laughs> like 17 years old? Like, yeah, I'm so blessed. Like, come on. But he would like tap in with me and be like, when are you going to quit doing that? When are you going to do something? You know, there was, wow. there was people that like, as much as we're all wild, whatever individuals yeah. That, yeah. that actually really were like, what's up? And I remember the first time I met my friend, Nikki Valentine, he was like, he even looked at, he was like trying to kind of be like oh you little whatever from atlanta what's up and i was like no that's not who i am that's not who i'm gonna be you know and i i always had something inside of me that was like i'm gonna be something more i just didn't know what it was yeah. and in the same right though i was i was so lost i was getting faded all the time it's yeah. like you have to get faded to go to work and then i'm going to shows and getting faded and acting wild and yeah. so there's just no grounding you know there was nothing really I had no, I had no, no grounding anything. Yeah. I was out of control. You know, I was just yeah. wild and I was making more money than I ever had and like taking care of other people. And wow. it, so it was just kind of spun out. Super so when, young. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. no so when, so when guys like Joe Harcourt were like, yo, when are you, when are you going to stop? I'm pretty sure you had a few other people that would say that. Like, did it, did it really hit you immediately? No, that's right? a seed it, planter. It, right. Yeah. It, 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 um, I, I just I don't know I, everything everything you've been saying I'm just like connecting I wasn't a stripper though but uh, are you sure <laughs> <laughs> he, he was you want to let us know now he was a professional cheerleader he was a cheerleader though really yeah, yeah oh my god that's Ill. okay so like yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same same no yeah it's so like funny, so man. just a lot of things that you're saying like in yeah you know you're just making me think of so much so it's beautiful to hear you know but but like yeah it you don't really it, those people don't really hit you right then and there no uh, when when they're like hey come on like you you could do this and that's you know? something i you take with me yet, yeah. you can't you see it yet because yeah. yeah. you're in it so like i mean then the set and that's where i lead to my second like savior i swear like the those i didn't have a lot of those people but the people that were i i do this now even with the humans i take care of and i love like whether it lands now or not let me just plant a seed because it will stick like it will yeah. stick because it stuck yeah. it stuck to me and in my low moments when i was 
really dark and really not in a good place i those things stuck with me like you gotta you gotta do something different like you can do something different you know and those people like people do care about you like whatever those those were really really you know the important little seeds and they were in there and they were in there and they sprouted so i i hit like like within that time frame i hit a really rock like some of my own personal rock bottom points like just spun out and I was really like hyper paranoid. I I was losing my mind. Like I felt like I was losing my mind just like in my life in general. I had no direction working at the strip club. That's a wild beast that perpetuates all kinds of fucked up shit on its own. I'm sure. And then, you know, so you're just in all of these environments that aren't really cultivating anything positive. And I was low. And I remember I was, I had my own breaking point. I was like, I have to do something about this. Like I I felt like I wasn't living in reality. I was like, I have to do something. And at the time, the first thing that I I was like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking for a while. Even though that was really hard for me at the time, I was like, I'm just going to take a break. And then also I was like, okay, I need to move. You know, I need to move my body in some way. I'm getting, I'm getting too thick. Like I need to, and it was more, (laughs) it was more physical, you know, it was more like, Oh, I don't look good. Like whatever. And, um, (laughs) I remember, I was like, yeah, and I think it's healthy for me. I should do it. And I started running. Running was really hard, but then I'd try to like go to a yoga class. I thought that shit was so whack at the time. Mm. I went in there and I was like, what? I was so not in touch with my own spirituality and not in touch with my own self and outside of myself that that was like really scary for me. Yeah. And I'd go to like a spin class. And I was like, what are we listening to? This is the worst shit of my life. Like just <laughs> nothing was really like hitting and then I remember shout I, out to spin class. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to spin class. <laughs> I'm sorry. Soul so, cycle. Please soul cycle, get some good playlists on there. Um <laughs> it's but true. like let's let's try. Um <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um but anyway, I stumbled upon this gym and that was like probably what CrossFit was before it was CrossFit. Yeah. I think it was like a bare bones strength gym, maybe powerlifting esque. The guy kinda had an athletic background, but I remember they had this free class and I went and took it. And again, theme it was such an ass kicker. It was so violent. It was like sprinting and then deadlifting. And like, that, yeah. so then I was like, I almost threw up and I felt broken. And I was like, I like this. You know what I mean? Like oh, I was yeah. like, Oh, I like yeah. this. this. I could do this. <laughs> and so I started doing that and it was wild. Cause I was still in the club. I was still doing the things that I was doing, but for the very first time in my life, really. And I had like, people that were like where were you yesterday you know and i was like yeah what what do you care like what do you mean where was i yesterday i was really weird for me i was like why do you care where i was and then you know then they'd show me things that were like okay well like no let's try this you can go heavier you can do these things and what that led into yes physically i was getting fitter and i loved that and i was getting healthier but what that completely transferred in for me was like I got stronger and then I felt emotionally stronger and then I wanted to be a little more sober the night before because I wanted to do good yeah. and I wanted mm. to make these coaches like proud and I uh, and I it, it literally went from just trying to get fit or feel better or whatever to fully changing like how I embody myself how yeah. I show up how I present myself how I don't being on time, like little things like yeah. that. And for me, it was, it changed my whole life. I was like, this is what I want to do. This is awesome. it. I love the body. I started getting really interested in like how my body works. Why does this change physically? Why does this type of movement work for this? Why did you know? And I was just, yeah. it just piqued my whole interest and it became my new obsession. And that's when I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. This is it. Wow. I want to change other people's lives with this. 
I, this has changed me and I want to make other people feel this more emotionally. That's when the emotional yeah. component kind of came in. And <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to be a trainer. <laughs> and then <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like I had previous to that, like dropped out of high school. And then luckily the one family member that really looked out for me was my auntie who I didn't even really know her at the time, but she kind of came out of nowhere and was like, uh, you need a high school diploma. Who, what are you doing out yeah. here? You know? So she, I finished high school awesome. and then was able to start to go into training, but I had no idea what I was doing. I just found like this other trainer at this gym that I kind of looked up to. I kind of knew and I, they were actually opening a gym and I just started showing up. I was like, I want to be a trainer and I'll never forget. She kind of laughed at me like, okay, like <laughs> whatever. And I was just like, no, I want to like, um, she's like, then show up every day and help me build this gym. And I was like, bet. It's like a fucking movie, dude. It's like, yeah. fucking shit. <laughs> like, Rocky like, three, or <laughs> start sweeping the floors, and then we'll get you. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, I get my jump rope out. We ready? Um, That's awesome. Yeah, but I, I really did. I was just like, I just want to do it. Like, I'll, I'll do anything. So I just kept showing up, kept learning from this person, and then long story short, like from there, <laughs> there was a PT working there. I was, you know, became certified, started collecting certifications, and I was like, I want to train athletes. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and I'll never forget the PT was like, do you know basic anatomy? And I was like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she was just like, okay, let's start there. And she gave me an anatomy book. And then she was like, you need to get your degree. And school was really scary for me. And, mm -hmm. you know, but it, that's kind of like how that journey started. Um, and then from there, I was training in Atlanta for a while and getting my education. And then I got scouted by Nike. And that was crazy for me. Like Nike used to run these classes called um, NTC or Nike Training Club. And they used to do them in like the stores in the city. Yeah. And they're pretty cool. And I was kind of making connections there. And then long story short, ended up being able to go to Portland, go to Nike World Headquarters. That's sick. That's like a dream of mine. I, do, yo. I heard it's amazing. It's really cool. You never been to it? No, nah, I want to go. You have to I had go. a friend that worked We're there for years. So I wanted to go out there and just, it's like a whole world, right? It's, it's like a, a whole thing. Nike Disneyland. Oh, yeah. we got to make that happen. Yeah, we're gonna make that. It's happen. probably overwhelming. Yeah, it, it's a lot, and uh, for me especially, like you know, you seeing kind of the background and eyes into my store, I was like, "What?" And met trainers out there, and I wanted to work there. So then I just started connecting with them and trying to do tap-ins with them. Like, how yeah. do I work here? What do I do? And I love that hungry and hustle, always, all that shit. Yeah, always. You got it. You got to. If you want it, you got to get it. Yeah. Like, and it's just like you, you know, you survive up until this point. So why not? The worst person, the worst thing someone can say is no. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. You know, what, who, what do I have to lose? Nothing. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I ended up getting an interview and I remember that was such a big deal. I was so scared. I didn't think I was good enough, whatever. And lo and behold, I ended up getting the job. Wow. And I remember thinking like, you know what? I just got to go to port. I got to interview at Nike World Headquarters. I'm not going to get it. But like, hell yeah. Look what I just yeah, did. Yeah. Like, that's so sick. And then I awesome. fucking got it. And I lost my shit. Damn. And I remember same thing. Like, my auntie was like, I was like, do I do it? I don't Portland. I don't want it. And she's like, you leave this place and you never come back. Damn. She was just like, just, just go. Fuck, fuck everything she had your here. Back. She, oh. And uh, we love her. How old were you then? I was 20. I was 21, okay. 21, 22, um, 22. And she was just like, leave. Like, you got to go. So I did it. And yeah. And then from there, I was working at Nike World Headquarters. Dream. And it was it was amazing. And Nike is its own beast. I will say yeah. it is a corporation. So yeah, as much course. as it's it's 
there's a lot there as well when you see behind the curtain. It's better that yeah. you don't. Just be outside of it. It's not just in. nice Air Maxes and Air Force One. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on there, you know, yeah. but like whatever. I was young and hungry and wanted to know everything. And then in, you know, being able to get my formal education and then what Nike did for me was open a shit ton of doors. Once yeah. you got that, that on, you know, that name Resume, there, and I didn't really yeah. know that going into it, but like I got to meet some of the best performance coaches, best PTs. I, I got to some of the most brilliant minds and really learn and yeah. then really study yeah. under some fucking cool ass people that like, you know, wanted me to be successful and taught me what to do. Um, they, and they're to this day, like my friend, Brian Buck, he's a brilliant, brilliant strength conditioning coach, Bobby Stroop. They, they are like incredible human beings and they believed in me and really tried to teach me how to do proper sports performance and rehab. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so I was working there and doing that and did you know anybody out there you just went out there for the job just went out there for the job wow. and portland i have to say i'm not a fan i'm not a fan <laughs> i i <laughs> i don't think i know anyone that's ever said they were a fan honestly i mean i like the trees and the weather and the, the like, air I, I don't is mind different. visiting there yeah visiting yeah for yeah sure. yeah it's gorgeous it's that's a, what i'm saying it's a gorgeous ass place but like growing up in east atlanta and then moving to northwest Two different portland worlds, man. yeah whoa it was really a shock for me it was because yeah. is there a culture in, no yeah uh no, no just respect it's a bunch listeners. of crust yeah no yeah crust it's crust bunks and like nike people and adidas people yeah. and like it's very like corporate like that it was just an interesting world no hate on portland because yeah. it was the place where i actually found my like true true healing um because i had to, you know it was such a big leap for me and yeah. like i had to uh yeah that that was a, a big step for me and and portland was okay but i, I it's fine it, how long I, were you there for i was there for five years That's good. You, yeah, you, yeah yeah i was there for yeah like five years so it was a good amount of time um or six years six years yeah and then this was a good amount of time and um it, it, but I like traveled a lot during that time because I just didn't really love it. But yeah. I was just trying to that's where I like really grew as a, you know, a coach and a trainer an athletic trainer rehab, all that. Like I got to like learn so much and do so much like being a Nike master trainer, learning out there, all these people. And also that was like it's funny because like it's not funny, but when you look back on it's like, all right, I had. I had hardcore and punk rock and then I found fitness and then that was my new band aid. You know what I mean? That yeah. was my new thing. And I had accumulated all this success in quotes, if you want to say, and coming up through there and, and doing that. And then it wasn't working anymore. And then yeah. all of these like self, while I was living there, like all these self sabotaging habits that I had and all these things, they came right back out. Mm. It don't, you know, like fitness is like, yeah. it's like the endorphin release of fitness was like my new band aid and my new driver. And that band aid didn't work anymore. Wow. And I was going to ask you if you were sober there. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. And I, it, and it's, it was, it, and it's, I've always had this push pull with that. And now, and in that time I hit this like other really, like I was in this relationship and ending that relationship brought out a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And, um, it was the, my next rock bottom point where I was, I realized like I was like drinking in the middle of the day, just doing really vile things that I hadn't done in a long time. And I was like, what is, where is this? And yeah. I, I was kind of living outside of myself. Like I felt really detached from myself. And I remember like realizing that if I didn't get, figure it out and get help, then I, I was going to lose everything. I wasn't yeah. going to be able to work at Nike anymore. I was going to be able to pay my rent. I was going to be able to do any of these things. And for so long, I was so that kid, which I'm sure there's so many of us that just like, fuck therapy, fuck spirituality, 
I was not into it. I was not into it. I was like, I'm fucking fine. And again, like, you know, giving you a peek <laughs> into my, into my, which is so funny now. Cause I'm like, so woo woo. Um, yeah. but like, That's you know, amazing. it's, but like looking back, um, at that time too, I didn't look back on any of my experiences as a child that were gnarly for me as that. I was like, I'm cool. Like mm. what, nothing happened, you know? So you have to look at perspective. Like I can have uh-huh. this perspective now, Yeah. but then I was like, whatever that was, it's nothing. I'm fucking fine. I was not fine. Um, <laughs> and so, and then in finding my own, like I remember, finally going to a trauma specialist and going to a therapist and they were like you have complex ptsd and you're in like a full fucking Bruh, what? <laughs> <sort of> <laughs> what are we saying yeah yeah, wow. yeah 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 and i blew my fucking mind like uh-huh. and it took a lot for me to go i remember being so scared it wasn't i was like okay i have to do this now it was like yeah. it felt like i was gonna die i was like oh my god i have to go like yeah. face this shit like you yeah. feel yeah, like you're gonna yeah, die you, you feel it I mean, I mean the first time i ever sat down i've had three different anger management teachers and mm-hmm. shit but the fir- I remember the first time I ever, uh, the second one I sat down with, you know, because I went in high school and I went yeah. to college or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, high school was a little different because they can't really do much and really ask many questions in depth of like, you know, so how's your, you know, how's the home life? You know, I don't mm. know. But um, yeah. But the second time I remember, you know, hearing those words and they tell you what happened to you. Yeah. And I remember I just started bawling. Because yeah. I just had no idea. Isn't it the craziest you know? moment of your life? Oh, now? yeah. Like, it is. Yeah. Smacks you in the face. Smacks I- you in the face. I couldn't stop crying. I, I you know, I left there crying because I just, just didn't, I just didn't know that's what happened. Yeah. Even, even in like the, the, it's amazing to hear that. Because again, there's that connector point where like, yeah. you know, that, that moment. And like, I remember I went into her office, bless her. And I was ex- describing my symptoms and I felt like a scared little naked mole rat. You know, you just feel so like, like yeah. this is so <laughs> uncomfortable. And she pulled out this description and she was like, just let me know if this is you. And I was like, that's fully me, like agitated, irritated, hyper paranoid, whatever, you know, all these things. I was like, yep. And she was like, I think you might be having like a PTSD episode, whatever. And then the next, she like, kind of calmed me down. And then she was like the next session, I, she made me I remember she's like so let's talk about your past and I was like I don't know like this kind of happened and she was like whoa from zero to now I want you to go really slow and just say everything and Damn. one that was the first time I had ever said a lot of that out loud to myself Damn, it's, so crazy. it's crazy and I had never I was in shock I think she was in shock yeah. um and then you realize you're like Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I do have fucking issues. Like I am up. This is a problem. It all makes like, sense. It yeah. all makes sense. All yeah. these things that I was doing, all these ways I was trying to keep myself small and sabotage myself and whatever. Yeah. Be violent. Like there it is. You know, I'm not just a, I think for a long time, I feel like a lot of people can resonate with this. You just think you're a bad person mm. or that you're like, broken or damaged yeah. like i really attached that for like i'm crazy yeah i'm the crazy fucking bitch like i atta- i almost attached that narrative because it was easier to deal with you know yeah, like yeah. you're like yeah i'm fucked up like, it's like yeah it's like those people that i was yeah i'm just i'm just a dickhead or i'm just or yeah. I'm, yeah i'm yeah. just a bitch that's just who i am and it's <laughs> like no it's not <laughs> no it's definitely not that's definitely yeah. someone else's stories that were put on you or yeah, whatever experiences exactly. or yeah. what have you and, and yeah. it, you really start to unpack that and unwind that so for me and the thing that made me listen i think emotions and things like that were always i was always so tough whatever trying to be tough that that all was really scary for me and i think it is for a lot of people Mm -hmm. it like what she did that helped me she broke it down like neurologically 
she started explaining the brain and the nervous system. And it's how I now break it down to people. Like sometimes I speak on trauma in the body and talk about it. It's like a big thing for me. But when she started explaining like, here's how your brain works, here's how your nervous system works with what I do for a living as a performance. But I know that. Yeah. I know stress response. I know these things. So I was like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. this must, there must be something to this. Like science makes sense to me. So, okay. Like I can listen and then it opens doors to be able to like, he, you know, find yeah. healing and things like that. So that was my like wow. third. And that's then what I was able to do to then really find my calling in skateboarding, find like really, really, really get into and, and excel in what I'm like, do what I want to do in and my th- life. This woman was in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Changed okay. my life. She's, she's incredible, incredible human being and um, really saved my life. And I think like once I went through that pocket of time and understanding myself and my trauma and then looking at my peers and understanding them and more of their traumas and why they may react the way they act or why we all come together in certain ways we come together not always but you know like we're talking about that same tap in and realizing just like when i was at nike too i was working uh i was more so than at that time working with like the blazers and working with i was like basketball nfl like you know i was working with more like collegiate setting athletes and doing things like that and i one i swear not just boys fun will ring true to me forever (laughs) because i swear to you i always between fucking hardcore and punk i'm like i'm gonna insert myself here i fucking belong here and then in the physical therapy athletic world i don't fucking belong there either i'm like i'm gonna fucking belong here you know same type of thing like always going into that direction is a very big theme for me and i found that in that setting i really didn't fit I'm still going to wear my hoops. I'm still going to like do my thing. I'm yeah. going to be who I am. And I was trying to figure out like, how do I do what I'm doing with more passion and more heart? And like, how do I really affect change Yeah, and work with humans that I really want to work with? Cause I just didn't find it there. I felt really out of place. Like, for instance, they'd be like, what'd you do this weekend? I'm like, oh, I went to this hardcore. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like <laughs> yeah. showing them and they're just like, what the, f- why the fuck? Why would you do that? Like, it looks so crazy to people. It looks so crazy to people. To civilians. Just, to civilians. Um, <laughs> and that world is very civilian. Like yeah. the world I'm in is is pretty civilian. So it was just an interesting, um, an interesting thing. And then that's when coming from also skate in Atlanta and coming from Stratosphere and all that crew. Yeah. I was able to then figure out like, okay this is what I want to do. These are the humans I work with. All my skate friends were coming to me and they'd be injured and they were going to all these PTs and orthos. And like, I think uh, now the industry is changing, but at the time, like they, they were just telling them like, get surgery or like, I don't know. Why would you sk- just stop skating or like whatever. Yeah. So for them to come to me and be like, what do I do? And me having the performance and rehab background and then being able to um, actually know skateboarding and know how to yeah. apply it. It just kind of grew from there. And then that's how I kind of got into what I'm doing now. Were you skating as a kid too? Barely. Like I I sucked. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yes, but I fucking sucked. Like I was terrible. But the most I could do is kickflip. I could kickflip like two stairs. You can't still? No, I don't skate no more. Like I I do. I'll push around. But risk versus reward for me and my job. If I get injured, I can't take care of them. So No, it's true. And so how, how full time are you doing this now? With skateboarding? Yeah. It's all that I do. Crazy. And you, it. you got the Olympics too, right? I did. I went to the Olympics. That's incredible. Isn't that man. fucking nuts? I think about that Fuck. shit a lot. Yeah, like it. She went to the Olympics. Talking about going over there. That's amazing. Man. Yeah, I um, w- with that. So like, and that's actually why I moved to LA. So 
Yeah. It's- While I was at, in Portland and I figured out this epiphany of like, I want to work with skateboarders. First off, everybody thought I was fucking crazy. Everybody was like, why? And I was like, I love them. Like, this is the other. And for me, yeah. I'm always going to be attracted to the other. And I am now through my own journey and my own healing. I'm like, how do I help my communities? How do I help my people? Yeah. Like that yeah. is, I think skaters in general are the most creative resilient incredible human beings on the planet and there's nobody like them there's nobody that looks at the world the way they look at the world there's nobody that can do what they do and they're the forgotten people but they influence everything they influence everything a lot of culture so much culture so i I was like this these are the humans i want to do because and they felt comfortable with me because i'm naturally in their culture it didn't feel foreign to them yeah so it felt very kismet and very right and when i was in portland i I remember going to nike sb because i was blessed enough at the time to have the resources to do that yeah um and i and the same thing even at nike i just felt out of place like it wasn't like not carrying the badge of I'm different, but again, a lot of civilian, like people just di- weren't in the same place that I was. And I remember being like, SB is the place for me. This is what I want to fucking do. And I went to the top and they were into it. But again, there's a lot of bosses and a lot yeah, of yeah, moves, yeah. big turning wheel to make things happen. It's huge, man. And I kept going to them. I kept asking for meetings. I kept being super persistent. I was like, this is, hello, me again, you know, Casper <laughs> Mel, like I want to do this. And they're like, yeah, 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 we want to put you on. Like, our athletes need it, whatever. And they just weren't, for whatever reasons, yeah. you know, whatever that might have been at the time. And I kept getting sc- discouraged. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go get them myself. So I went to the athletes' agents and got in touch with the athletes themselves. And I was like, is this something you want? And they did. And my first one was Leo Baker. And wow. they're a powerful, incredible human. They changed my life. And then Deshaun Jordan. Shout out to Deshaun. Love Deshaun. I love Deshaun. I just watched that Leo Baker doc. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. That was we. Yeah. Shout out to Giovanni uh, Retta who did it. Retta. We love Retta. Shout out to Retta. I love Retta. Um, and that was actually that was even more powerful. Like Leo's journey and like helping them like through quitting the Olympics. Like you do not need to be doing this. You need to turn the other way. Yeah. And being there for them. But they were my first two. It's amazing. And then going and getting more athletes, Sean Malto, and then Nike couldn't ignore me because guess what? If their athletes are asking for it, they have to do it. It's amazing. Yeah. So I just kind of was like, yeah. I was like, okay, fine. You don't want to listen to me. You got to listen to them. Wow. So I, cause again, like they need it. I've just in the skate industry, I feel not everyone, but they get chewed up and spit out. They get injured. You can't perform. Ah, there's a new dude coming up. You know, yeah. it, yep. it's fucked up. And if they just had the proper, which we'll get into, like rehabilitation tools, like nobody should be losing their career over an ACL blowout. I'm sorry. No, no, no fucking yeah. way. So then you, I, if you know anything, like collegiate sports in general, that's yeah. just like 101, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. 100%. 12 weeks. Let's go. And then we're back but, in. Yeah. Because meanwhile, like, like a lot of, I mean, the technology for it, with cheerleading and all the you know tumbling and all that stuff mm-hmm. like it's easy to like tear that shit but i remember you know when i was younger it took people forever to recover from that yeah but like nowadays yeah. there's a lot of uh resources and i guess you know with the technology of the surgery it's gotten a lot better yeah and yeah it's like there those things are out there for people yeah and just knowing uh, proper have. rehab like yeah. knowing how to actually rehab back that's the piece and yeah. nobody was doing it or wanted to do it or they felt uncomfortable again like or the pt was like skateboarding okay like I don't yeah. know, like whatever so yeah so i started kind of training them and then simultaneously 
I was coming to LA a lot. I would come yeah. here for like two months at a time, go back. Cause I knew I was like, this is what I'm doing. Fuck everything else that I'm doing. Yeah. I don't care. Cause it was like, you're not going to make any money. I was like, I don't fucking care. This is what I give a shit about. These yeah. are humans I care about. This is what I watch anyway. So this is what I'm yeah. doing. And, um, then, and at the same time, the Olympics were coming into the picture and this, there was all this buzz and all this shit. Cause skateboarding is going to be in Olympics. You know, there's people, yeah demonizing it people excited about it all this noise and i was i was going to these competitions with them because competitions are around and certain people cross over whatever and there was no care and i remember at x games i worked x games like what 2017 or something and i was like hey i need to talk i was talking to deshaun and alexis and some other people and i was just like i need to talk to your like medical team at the olympics you know so that we can have a tap in like you're me your pt yeah. your atc at the olympics and they were like what are you talking about i was like what do you mean what am i talking about and they were like we don't have any of that and i was like i'm sorry isn't that crazy that's so Yo, crazy <laughs> it my experience there was i will be very honest about it it was really gnarly i was like i'm sorry what so they were traveling like here's the thing with skateboarding you had all skaters are always filming in the streets, number yep. one. Skaters skate every day. They're gnarly. And yep. then they're filming for parts. And then on top of it, usually every year, they got like maybe four competitions or something. You know, there's like Copenhagen yeah. Open, which is rad and awesome. And then there's... That's a sick one to watch. Oh, yeah. my God. I got to go. Oh, wow. This last year. Sickest thing about it. It was the sickest trip of my life. It was so sick. All the different locations and the different streets, right? All that stuff. Yeah. That and Copenhagen is gorgeous. That city is nah, unbelievable. It's nice there, yeah. it, it was crazy. But then, you know, like X Games, SLS, yeah. so maybe four or five. Maybe. And and if they go to all of those or don't, right? Then the Olympics comes in and all of a sudden they're having these humans compete back to back every other week to every week all around the world. Damn. It was fucking insane. That's and so okay. then I was like, first off, I'm like, that's actually from like a athletic performance perspective and like in season off season, I'm like, that shouldn't be. This is a crazy amount of volume on your body. Like yeah. basically you just went from, think about it, like whatever activity level you're doing, this is this much volume, you know, like 60% to like 120% out yeah. of nowhere. No one can sustain that. You're going, yeah. they're, they're going to yeah. ruin careers. Like yeah. you're not going to have any, yeah. any athletes anywhere. Um, so when I heard that, like Alexis, I remember she was like, yeah, we went to Brazil and I rolled my ankle and I couldn't even get ice because the Brazil team. So you have to think there's countries, right? So you got us, Brazil, whatever. They are not supposed to help the other country wow. and things like that. So things like that were going on dead ass. Like they Damn. couldn't get, it was, it was insane. And I was like, oh fuck no. Like this is not about to happen. Yeah. So again, I got really persistent and I went and met like, the CEO of the Olympics. I was just like in his face all the time. Hi, nice to meet you. I really want to talk to you about your medical team. I really want. And same with Mimi Noop. I went up to the women's coach. I just would not leave them alone. <laughs> wow. like, awesome. I, like man. politely yeah, persisted. Amazing. I was like, uh, hi, it's me again. Oh, hello. You're at this yeah. competition. So am I. <laughs> Let's have five minutes, you know, and then emailing them over and over and over again. And finally, they damn, they did listen. And and I was basically even saying it doesn't have to be me, but you have to do this. Yeah. Like you cannot not do this. Um, and so long story short, I, I made, I got them to hire me. They're trying to get me to do it for free too. And I was like, oh uh, God, no, yeah. They're man. like anybody could do that. Like the CEO at the time was, it gets, they, they were not doing a great job. And yeah. I went to my tester was Rio. Uh, what was that? 20, was that 2020? No, it would have been. Well, the year before that, 2019. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what year are we in? Um, uh, but like I, and I went 
and it was the hardest I've ever worked in my life for nothing. I just went and, and I had 20 athletes a day and this stayed this way throughout the Olympics, 20 to 30 athletes a day, all injured, all confused, all just needing help, like really needing help and no one advocating for them. And so I took the job, moved to LA in 2020. So I was working with SB. We had kind of like started our program off and like got some training going with them and got Mm -hmm. some rehab going for their team. And then same thing, the Olympics was about to take off. And then obviously COVID happened. Yeah. I'm in fucking LA and I'm like, oh shit, you know? (laughs) Um, But it it was actually a beautiful time for me, weirdly, because I was going, 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 trying to make all this happen. And I really got back to myself. I made playlists every day. I was dancing around my house, just like sipping Hennessy. I'd go to the beach every day, go on runs. I was just. It was kind of nice. Yeah, I saw you running. In the beginning, like, I really. Yeah, yeah. It was you. I see you at running. And like, it was just kind of like, I was like, oh. I mean, I was confused about what's going to happen, but I really just tried to be like, Whatever happens, Let me enjoy happens. This. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what? Yeah. Fuck it. Like at least for the first couple of months, then it was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is fucked. Everything's fucked I up. I know, dude. Everything's fucked up. Fuck. Um, and then, flash forward, we start traveling again. We start doing all of those things, and um, I am very blessed again. Like I, I look at all these experiences, and I look at my life every day, and I'm like, oh my god, you get to do this shit. Like you get to live this life and do this shit. Like. And you made it, it was, happen though. Like you went after yeah, it. You, I wa- you made, yeah. I, wa- what, I wanted yeah. it. You know, I wanted this it's life and it's, 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 I'm blessed. Like, I'm like, this is, yeah. this is all that I want. I get to work with my favorite fucking people on the planet. I get to take care of them, travel all around the world with them and like go to the Olympics. Who would have known? Oh, people back in, the, in my life were like, what? You know, all yeah. these things. Like, who, what are you doing? So, but in that experience at the Olympics, it was very, um, it was really gnarly. Again, it was I, on lockdown too during that time, right? Only yeah. a certain amount of people could go. Or yeah, and we had to like there was all kinds of crazy rules we had to follow and COVID tests every day Damn. and like, and those competitions were like oh they're like a week long, way too long. So yeah. it, and it was you have to think too. Skaters are like Peter Pan's. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like them, they're serious, but they're also just like big they kids. Lo- yeah. Big kids. So it's like this is a lot of pressure all of a sudden in a different, a very different way. Yeah, and um. I was the only medical support and I kept advocating. I was like, you have to give me a PT room. At least there should be a second me. You should not have more than like, they're really for every 10 athletes at the min at the most. You yeah. should have more than one person. Mm-hmm. Nobody would listen. Uh, the CEO at the time, lo and behold, he like was like pocketing money and ended up, I figured out why there was no budget for any of these things. Damn. Um, but it was, it ended up being like the whole time I worked I, I remember the only reason I ate, I blessed my athletes. They would just bring me food at random because I just had person after person wow. from 7 a.m. to like 1 in the morning. And I have these videos. It's crazy. Like of Deshaun and Ashad in the boots waiting. And then like Mark Sutru and Samaria just chatting in the corner waiting. And like me working on Alexis. And there's all these skaters coming together. What was what was beautiful and fucked up about it is like so many people were hurt. And I was the only physical and emotional support that they yeah. had. Yeah. And but what was beautiful out of that is a lot of different skaters came together. There is that skate community for always, but it came together in a different way. Like the PT room became the safe room. Mind you, it was my own room. They wouldn't even give me a second room. Wow. So it was just my own bed and my own stuff. And like, <laughs> yo. But, Your we, hotel room or something? Yeah. Wow. And they would get done out of there. I just look around and remember, you got to think skaters. They just leave trails. I was yeah. just like, yo, <laughs> I have to sleep in here now. Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> but it was, it was beautiful in that way because it was just the only safe space. So we had that yeah. and we, yeah. we thugged it out. We did it. 
Um, and then going to the Olympics, same thing. It was lockdown. It was yeah. COVID. So it felt yeah. like kind of this like athlete prison. It's, Weird bubble. it's so crazy to think that you just have these phenomenal fucking athletes Yo. that do I know, the most dude. amazing shit. and extreme style of shit. And to think that they wouldn't need medical attention I know. is like the most insane thing to me. And they're and amazing like, enough to go to the Olympics, but you can't you're amazing, that. Yeah, 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 exactly. And meanwhile, the world of skateboarding has been around for so long. Uh-huh. And it's like, w- yeah, of course, of course people get hurt. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's 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 just crazy hearing that, that i know and and even like if it, it blows my mind too because people would tell me they're like oh well we want you to work on like the competition style skaters and i'm like what the fuck they want it too like all your other dudes want it too like you just need the right person explaining it to them the right way and giving them the right environment and that's like one of my biggest goals in this industry it's not just competition skaters you've got all different types you know i've got sean malto sean jordan then you've got nakel and fucking grant taylor and louis lopez they're yeah. all in there so yeah. so tell me again that your athletes don't look at don't want to do skate for do i want to skate to their old okay guess yeah. what they got to do like they yeah. got to do this to be able to you know take the impact and force yeah. that they're creating um but yeah at the olympic level it wasn't there and i actually ended up after we got back from the olympics that was a whole wild experience on its own and i left i left um because my whole thing was I, I really had no life outside of that. And mm. I was not taking care of my own self and I was not about to leave them. I was like, I'm going to see these humans through this and make sure they're okay through this. And yeah. then at the end of it, the CEO at the time and I, we did not, I was loud. I would not shut up about <laughs> everything wasn't okay. Like I was like, fuck this. And so yeah. he didn't like that and we split. And I was like, until things change, I'm, I'm not doing this and then lo and behold this year the whole high performance team just quit wow yeah because like the all the the men's and women's coaches who are incredible everybody was like nope like y'all are not fucking so it's funny mm. full circle where yeah. everyone's like skateboarding is too fucking punk for the olympics it might be um but yeah. everyone's dipping out because they're like if you don't want to ch- you know like and it's not necessarily usopc there's a lot of moving parts there like there's a lot of things there but everyone's like nah if you don't want to do this right we're out yeah. yeah you know it's that's yeah. not what it's about like we'll be here they'll be successful yeah. they'll be incredible but like no you're not going to capitalize on these humans anymore so i'm curious exactly. where it'll go now i'm really curious where that'll happen wow. what'll, what'll go yeah do you have your own spot where you do things yeah uh like what like where facility? i work out yeah facility yeah. i don't own uh my facility but i work out of the undefeated gym oh, that's right that's yeah right. yeah right. it's sick uh it's very low-key i love it because it's very attached to streetwear culture so yeah. for me when i found them and we came together. It just made sense. It's like a beautiful facility. Um, you kind of only, if you know about it, you know about it. And if yeah, you get invited, yeah. you get invited. But not on some like elite shit. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, and it's an awesome environment where like a lot of different musicians, streetwear people, skaters, like all kind of come together and train out of there. Um, so I love, I love working out of there. It's so good. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You guys got to go. Damn, I want to go you gotta there. got to come work out. Yeah, I'm Let down me, for that. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. do it. I don't really go to the gyms, but I think I would like to go and check yeah, it out. Well, yeah, come on, man. Stop playing. It'll be low-key. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, so, yeah, we talked to, the other day, we talked about, like, emotional trauma that's causing physical health conditions as well, right? Yeah. You deal with that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, I think, well, w- with that, that's just something that I put into my practice in general um, because of the experience I explained to y'all, I think I had yeah. when I first had my own healing. I heard that y'all Atlanta. 
Always, y'all. What I always, I swear, everybody hears that. They're like, "Where are you from?" Um, But when I had that experience, it at first when I went through my own healing, I like really attached to the science piece of it, yeah, and I really nerded out on that. So starting to understand that emotional trauma, you have physical traumas, and that's what I deal with, and that's you know that's what I've learned. That's what I do. I can rehab people back. Then understanding that emotional trauma affects us physically, like understanding we have enough research to show that it affects heart rate variability. Mm. It affects your hormone levels. It affects like there's so many things that it actually physically affects. Yeah. And even in thinking about when we talk about, you know, street kids, punk kids, skaters, like there's a reason that we're attracted to the other. There just is like whatever mm. that may be for each one of us. Yeah. I truly believe yeah. that there is a reason we're attracted to the other in that way. And I think all of us carry our own pieces of that and have to find our own journey within that. And I see within skateboarding community and the punk community as well. Obviously, that's tied in. And when you're in an intimate like training setting like that, those types of things kind of show up and come out or. Yeah. And, and in looking at like I think about there's there's the physiological piece. And I also think about ways in which people might like be like, Oh, I don't want to do that or keep themselves small. It's coming from something else. And when we look at like, if you look at where, how your body responds to things, you have like two parts of your brain, right? You have your cortex and then your primal brain. And in your primal brain is so like your cortex is basically where you make all your rational decisions. Yeah. So it's like what you're going to wear today, what you're going to eat, like what car you're going to drive, things like that. And your primal brain is kind of all the things that your body does in the background. So like they're going to it's going to do whether you make a decision about it or not. Your heartbeat, your breath, yeah. uh, your digestion. You know, if I eat a sandwich right now and I'm like, body, don't digest this. It's going to do it anyway. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> yeah. also in that part of your brain is your emotional response and your fight, flight or freeze. That's where all of that is housed. So you're not in control of that. Um, your body's going to respond how it's going to respond. So, for instance, today, like, you know, everybody talks about triggers and, and there's different things like that. When you come up against something in your life, you know, that that is there and stored in that part of your brain because at one time we were very primal beings and there you needed to fight, flight, or freeze. You yeah. know, if you're in walking in the woods and you come upon a bear, you you are either gonna fight that bear, you're gonna run from that bear, yeah. or you're gonna freeze, right? So but when you look at life today, that bear might be a dad, that bear might be an uncle, that bear might be a, a anything, you know what I mean? Any any traumatic event that happens to us. So when we look at people's emotional responses to things and the way they come about that fight, flight or freeze response, yeah. it comes out in smaller ways. Like if you have a friend that's super violent or you have a friend, like that's where all that's coming from. It's mm-hmm. coming from these little parts of us and those are the responses to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally mm-hmm. does. Um, and yeah. so for 1, me, you got some Huberman shit. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huberman's way. I'm like, oh God, please don't. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> fuck this up coming on after him. Like, oh, he's such a genius. Like, yeah. shit. No, he's awesome. He's Shout a great out to Andrew. Guy. Yeah, he's yeah awesome. he breaks things down so well for people. Like, beautifully. That was, that was great. He breaks thing. it beautifully. down beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. He breaks yeah. it down very beautifully for people to understand. So for in saying that, and then on top of it, we have a lot of research that shows like the more, the more you're predisposed in your childhood to trauma or what they call as ACEs, mm-hmm. like any adversity, whether that's like an alcoholic parent or, you know, a 
abuse in some kind of way. Yeah. The more predisposed you are to those, the more predisposed or the more you have those in your childhood, the more predisposed you are to have chronic health issues in your adulthood, regardless of lifestyle choices. Dang. So, you know, because people will say, oh, well, they became an alcoholic. So that's why. No. Just that alone, the more markers you have of that in your childhood, um, you then are more likely to to have chronic health issues. And to me, once I'm looking, these are just little tie-ins. And once I'm looking at this research and how the body responds and like all this data that we have to show us this, I, in my practice, cannot ignore that. And the only thing they taught us in school, which really pisses me off now, is once we get to, you know, if it's, you're looking at any physical pain, right? If it's not X, it's not Y, it's not Z, well, then it must be emotional. And then they stop. And yeah. I'm just like, mm. okay, then then what? Yeah. And so there, we have to do better at being able, in my opinion, I'm going to look at all of your lifestyle factors, all of you as a human, without going too far too deep, but that stuff matters. That yeah. stuff matters when I'm looking at what you're predisposed to, how trauma affects you, um, chronic pain, mm-hmm. like all of these things are aligned and tied in. So they just can't be ignored. So to me, I'm just like, how do I get more of this information you, you, out there? Yeah. And, well, just to just to understand, like, okay, so, <coughs> you know, yeah, if it's not X, Y, Z with with the pain that you're talking about, and then they stop at it, when they find out it's emotional, is it almost like in a sense someone saying like, oh, they're just being dramatic? Not even that. No, no it's it. But it, I mean, some. Dip- from practitioner, practitioner, potentially, but more so like yeah. it's coming from something emotional that we can't explain. And now that's all we're going to say about it. So then you deduce it as emotional. Like if I'm, yeah. for instance, okay, if I'm rehabbing okay. my shoulder and it's just like, or my hip, that's just a good one for people. Cause a lot of pain, people, you know, chronic yeah. back pain or hip pain. Like if we're doing all the baseline testers and I'm looking at everything and we're doing a rehab program and we can't, you know, seem to figure out what the x is yeah and we've to do we've you know taken everything else out we've deducted everything well then it must be an emotional response now mm. that makes sense yeah. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. i remember when i was younger i was like 18 when i found out i had high blood pressure mm-hmm. that's right but i was like an like I, I was ready, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was, you know, I was, I was looking good. You know? <laughs> 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 I, ain't, I ain't bragging, you know, but I was like, but no, you know, I was, I was, you know, heavy into cheerleading. I was very active. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, I, I didn't really eat too crazy. Yeah. You know, I ate what, what a normal high school kid would kind of eat, but also I worked out a lot because of, <laughs> what'd you Shit. Oh, <laughs> because of, because of cheerleading. So I worked, I worked out a lot, but, um, you know, I had high blood pressure, but, it was wild because, you know, when I think about that period of time, I was like, how do, how do I have it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't think I was, like, unhealthy or, yeah. you know, and a lot of it was due to, to stress, but no one ever told me that. Right. You know, no one ever, yes, no one. No so one dug deeper. So is that, yeah, it, it, it was a lot deeper. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, how do I look this good? And, like, you know, but I was like, I, like, I thought high blood pressure was people for people that were, you know, unhealthy and, and then meanwhile, they gave me these like pills. And then I was like, okay, how, how long do I have to take mm, these pills? Mm-hmm. And then they were like, you just got to take them. Forever. And I was like, I was like, wait, but no, I was like, come like, t- I was like, how, I was like, come on, there's got to be like an ending point to like uh-huh. taking these pills. No one gives you the answer. No, and, and they don't give you the answer. Meanwhile, I didn't find out till like years later, the way to handle it obviously was, you know, through the world of, uh. You know, uh, for me, it's like the journaling. I do a lot of mm-hmm. journaling on a on a regular basis, 
and then also the the diet you yeah. know what i mean was which was like big very one. it's a big part very very important and with that with that combination it's gotten it un- under control a lot more yeah you know and and when i go to the doctor uh and i you know like i, I do like yearly checkups because i'm mm-hmm. a nerd and yeah, uh <laughs> that's good that's a great thing we love to hear yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh you know but when i initially when i go in there because i just you know get weird about hospitals and shit uh, or just like the doctor's office. Yeah. Like my high pr- my blood pressure is usually high at first, but they check it twice. It's called white knuckle syndrome. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But meanwhile, okay. No, white coat syndrome. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I was like, wait, the, what's but, about to happen? But the, pa- the past few times, <laughs> it's uh, it's immediately good. And I yeah. think it's the combination of, you know, the stress and, and uh, also the, like the diet. So is that is that a connection to what you're e- explaining with the if it's not xyz then it's this yeah i think in general i'll say this um, one of the reasons i work independent as a practitioner is because i do not whether it is physical therapy doctor's office medical like there our system is a mess we know this it's so fucked up and that right there is a great example of it it's the same in my world like whether you're going to the doctor and looking at chronic health issues in that way or you're going to a lot of Bless physical therapy clinics, but when I was doing my clinicals, like they try to have you see four patients in an hour. Tell me what the hell I'm going to get done in 15 minutes after even just a little bit. I just explained four in to an you. hour. Yeah, yeah. That's they, fucking they, crazy. It, four it's a hour. It's cr- no, <laughs> wow. no, it's insane. That's so, insane, so when you're looking at all of these health industries, I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm going to give all of my time like my initial consultation with people is usually 90 minutes because first I'm going to have to get to know you as a human. Yes. Past injuries even emotional if they're comfortable like is there anything you know do you have have you traumatic experiences you have to look at all of these things and then i have to look at how you move and i have to look at your limitations and whatever so that there's we should be getting care like that and so in when it when i look at marginalized communities or communities in general you see more chronic health issues like the community i grew up in you see everybody's sick everybody's Mm -hmm. got pills everybody's on some kind of prescription Everybody's ailing in some yeah. way or addicted. It, you know, yes. Bad. And yes. so I'm looking at that. And then I look in my community and I look at how many of us were getting our fucking asses beat or getting yes. who knows what done to them and anything else. And then I look at the correlation between those two things and I look at the research I have now and I'm like, ding, 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 there it fucking is. And so, and then the factors that help that, obviously we know the things that are going to help really cognitive behavioral therapy in some form or fashion journaling meditating shit. it's re- i everybody get your fucking ass in therapy we're all I fucked know, up I like do it like yeah. i'm telling you it changed my life i promise you i would not be doing what i'm doing now i would not be here i would not be okay because like again going back to portland when i had that breaking moment i don't have nobody to fall back on mm-hmm. i really don't have a strong connection with my family i don't have anybody at home so if i fall i'm on the street that's it it's me yeah and so when gotta do it, man. you got it, but it, i look at it so it's scared like, i've been talking about my whole it's life, so man. scary but i'm telling you it's not that scary it's once you my do wife it told me i should do it everybody man you you what therapy yeah for my dad dying and all that shit as a kid and like all this shit i'm just scared that like it's gonna happen like with you all of a sudden shit's gonna start opening shit's gonna start coming right but, but what, no, here, but, yeah, i got emotional no, this go talk ahead. i'm getting no emo, no i'm oh. getting emo right now talking about no, no, no. it okay, I know. because i know i'm fucked up i know i need to talk to somebody for that but like it, the the thing is because i had no like, closure on my dad dying yeah and well, that, 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 that holds yeah, yeah i know 100 I, like you know i guess when i think about when i the way i grew up i had no closure on uh 
the way I was treated as a kid. And mm-hmm. like, there was no, it was just like, all of a sudden I was an, a, an adult now, you know, I was out in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, meanwhile, there was nothing explained of what yeah. happened. And you kind of just lived this life in a way where you yeah, you just, you, you are lost and confused. You, I mean, you're aware of certain things, you know, but, but like, you know, that confusion, but, but I think that, you know, the therapy and, you know, bless, you know, shout out to all my anger management teachers, but mm-hmm. it opened my eyes to a bigger picture and it made me learn yeah. these things about myself. And it, and all of a sudden I've, I found the world of empathy and forgiving yes. all, all the, all the things that happened to me because I was like, well, that doesn't have to be my life now. Yeah. You know when what I mean? I was like, I have the, I have a chance, you know? It's wild to like give you like I'll I'll speak to you because it's speak to, to I'll speak to you <laughs> to give you insight. It's funny we're I going. I wish you were a psychologist. It's really right? <laughs> we'll have a therapy session right now. I don't, totally. Um, no, I'm not. On the couch. <laughs> when, I, when I when I think about going to get therapy, I think about crying as soon as I sit on the couch. I don't know why I'm just an emotional person. Well, that's I mean what, that's, that's beautiful. But that's, Same. that's, Fuck, that's not, but that's not a bad. It's thing. It's a good thing. That's yeah, a that means thing. I'm a mess. No, 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 <laughs> I think it's funny that I'm coming in here. We're talking more about like the emotional component than we are like the physicality training. But this is what I because love. Most because people most people don't think about they that don't part. think about it. And I'm telling you, even all my skaters, like really, like one of the reasons they trust me so much and they come to me like I have their full trust because there's both of those components. Yeah, I'm able to be with them and hear them and listen to that and then take yeah. care of them in a way that's deeper and that's important. And then how do you? There's that seed planter. Remember we were talking about yeah, go yeah, planting that yeah. seed. There it yeah. is. Or if they take action now or they don't. And the thing I can tell everyone and anyone is for me, I had heavy amounts of abuse from my dad, other people. I mean, a lot that I really wasn't willing to look at. And, and you blocked it out until you start therapy? Yeah. I thought I was fucking fine. So how does and the brain do that? That's my question. I was going to ask Andrew next time he comes on for part two, but I'm going to ask her, like, how do you block that out? Of your, your brain mind? is smart. So your brain, yeah. think about it. Your bro- think about any, any traumatic event, right? So, so let's think about PTSD, right? The Kay. only, the only time we really hear or talk about PTSD is like first responders or war vets. You know, we think of it in kind of this, very uh visceral like one traumatic event car accident whatever it is like way but really as you're coming along any any trauma that happens to you that is like emotional physical whatever kind of abuse loss grief all of these things that happen to you are going to affect you whether they're cumulative or one and your body is going to respond. Your body's smart. It wants to protect you. So what it does is it says, ow, that's pain. We are going to forget about all that. Yeah. We are going to block all that shit out so that you don't have to think about it, so that you don't have to go there anymore. Your body's smart. It, yeah. want, it yeah. wants to protect you. And so these, it, it will block that memory out so that you can be okay in the world and so you can, you can function. But guess what? The body doesn't forget. Yeah. The body yeah. always remember. It, it does not forget. Mm-hmm. And so then if something were to trigger and push on that piece of what it's going your body might respond in an erratic way for me for instance being violent with my body like as i was very violent person i was ready to fight anyone i didn't realize it like let's say something triggered me in relationship or whatever and then i don't know two days later i'd go get fucking wasted and get thrown in jail and beat someone's ass but i was like why did i do that but like you know it was because my body's trying so hard to process this and i won't let it process it if you come into therapy and you go into a space where you're you allow a safe space with someone guiding you to be able to actually let that out you are so much freer i was such an angry like 
confused self like self-deprecating person like i really hated myself yeah and i did not even know that i mm. wasn't cognizant of that until i was able to sit and really look it in the eye get it out and then have the tools to deal with it and now i don't attach to that store anymore it got me here and so i'm able to like share it to help other people but now i'm like I have a beautiful life, but yeah. I promise you I wouldn't if I didn't do that. That that pain yeah. will, will show itself in some way you don't want it to. And and different people come out in different ways. For instance, mine, co- you know, came out in a very like vile, erratic drugs, alcohol, whatever, you, whatever way. Whereas some people's it's like heavy OCD and control. And you, you yeah. just there's different manifestations of like how you survive. And your body is trying to find some kind of control over this thing that feels uncontrollable. And I promise you. It's not scary once you get in there. Yeah. It's like anything. Think about anything you've done that's like wild. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're scared. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah. You, no, you're right. True. It's really not not that scary. I mean, it's the same I remember, thing. I remember I was, you know, with when they made me aware of the, you know, that I had PTSD. I literally was like, oh, I, I don't have that because I was like, that's <laughs> I was like that's uh, I was like that I, that's for people that fight in war and stuff like that. Exactly. And I almost <laughs> felt like I was being like. I was like, I can't say I have that. That's, that's almost disrespectful to yeah. people that fought in war. Uh-huh. And because and you don't think of you, because I didn't think of my life that, I knew it was bad, but I, I, I didn't think it was like, I guess I just didn't want to accept that, uh-huh. that, it was, that it was bad. So I was still fighting it when I was just like, oh, no, I don't, I don't have PTSD. That's, that's the, the war, uh, war yeah, veterans. Yeah, that's what you know, I knew it was they, back then. That's what, mm-hmm. they, that's what they have, you know what I yeah. mean? But it's like, you know, they help you, they guide you through this like acceptance you know, I think with anger management, it's just a little bit more raw. You know what I mean? They're yeah. Like, yeah. Mine is like very raw. like. But like, but like it's, 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 it's beautiful. You know, like, like I said, I, you know, I immediately started crying. I even cried when I left. But I remember, like, I felt like the fuck. Is it relief tears or is oh, it like. Yeah. It's relief. It's, it's relief. relief. Yeah. Your body's you know, finally you, feeling it. Because it's like, it's, it, it's literally clarity. Oh, it's man. clarity. It's clarity. Yeah. That's literally the thing. John Mayer got a song about it. I have a great person. But <laughs> you do? Like a trauma one? Oh, yeah. Because uh, Amy was on here from Interrupted. She was talking about some trauma for us too. But yeah, I'm talking about She is the goat. But okay. it, she's it in really LA? is. She's in LA. She's right over here. Really? Right over here on okay. Robinson. Now you have no excuse. Yeah. No, it's yeah. close to my house. It's too. literally hey, seven bro. minutes from you. Yeah. It's just like scared. Like the first time. I'm just scared. Like the first time going. Like what am I going to talk about? No, initially yeah. it's it's the most terrifying thing in the world. And then once you get it out, then I, I will never in my life again. I'm telling you, if you would have met me eight years ago, I'd be like, fuck. Like I said, fuck therapy. Fuck spirituality. Now I am so spiritual. I'm so in touch with myself. I know when I'm not feeling <laughs> right. I know when I need to take care of myself and settle down. Yeah. I know when I need to You're deal with something. I'm in control. For once in my life. Did like, you go for a long time? Yeah. I've been doing therapy for six years now. Like wow. five or five years in almost six. And it's yeah. like it has absolutely changed my life. And I finally feel like in control of my life. And then it allowed me actually to like get really spiritual. You know, first yeah. I was like really attached to the science. And then yeah. I realized that there's things that are unexplainable with like our spirit and our body and who we are as beings. And I really went into that. And I think it's funny because people back home, I swear to God, they're just like, you be meditating and planting and like, and I'm still wild. I still go out. I still do my shit too, but I have control in that now. Whereas yeah. before yeah. I didn't, you yeah. know, the foundation is control. Yes. That, uh, it gives yeah. you, yeah, that's it's what it gives you. It's a beautiful thing. Do you keep in contact with your family, your, your parents? I keep in contact with my mama. Yeah. Um, and then I talk to, I actually, it's wild. Like my dad passed away. Sorry uh, about that. It's okay. He he could be gone. Okay. That man was a sociopath. <laughs> and he needed to be gone. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're good. At, we're okay with that. Okay. We have come. We have come to terms. How long ago um, was that, though? That was 
Oh, when was that? I was like 2018. Were you able to say something to him or talk to him before? You know what's crazy? No, he was such a... It's funny you say that because I remember my therapist finally like two years in. She was like, you know your father was a sociopath, correct? And I was like, no. She goes, I'm just going to let you know now. Yes. And I was like, okay, got it. Um, wow. But he he passed and he would do these things where he'd try to reach out to me. He would just reach out to me to like fuck with me, basically. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like he was such a fucked up person. And then... Finally, when he was on his deathbed, I just knew I was like, I can't, I'm not going to give in to this one. So he passed and I wasn't able to, but you know, it's crazy. This is when I had my unexplainable moment. I was, I could science away everything. I'm like, I know the brain and the body. And then he died and I had a very visceral reaction. I had chronic hives for like four months. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. Wow. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. Again, deduce emotional. And I'm like, this is clearly like a very like my body is trying to rid itself of all of these harmful things that were done to me and get oh rid of it. Yeah. There's nothing Man. I could do, but take care of self and process and grieve and like get it out. And, um, yeah, so I, he passed away and I dealt with that and that was very, very like therapeutic for me uh, over time. Yeah. And then, um, I still talk to my mama. My mom's like, I love her to death. She's just who she is and she's going to be who she is. She did her best with me. But yes. I love my mom and I keep in contact with my auntie, that's my bitch. I love yeah, her forever. Yeah. She's like really, she's a real one. Um, and then I've actually been able to build a strong relationship. My little brother and sister, we didn't grow up in the same home. And now I just brought my little sister out here, my little half sister for the first time. She's never been on a plane, wow. never been anywhere. She's brilliant. Um, and I just brought her to LA like a month oh, ago. She awesome. listened. No, she just came for like oh, a week came, came. and That's it was so like cool. a mind blowing experience for her. It was really cool. So, yeah. and, and again, I wouldn't have been able to like have these certain, like start to build these relationships within yeah. that if I hadn't done that work. And how soon you start getting therapy, do you realize it's actually working? Is it the first couple of times you go see the person? Yeah, I don't Does know. it take a long time? That's like, an just interesting question. Because I'm pretty, I'm that, pretty open. I'm, I'm an open book, and I'll break down a second, tell you my whole life. You know it what takes. I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from what I know, <laughs> from what like, I can remember, like, yeah. from what I can remember, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and, th- and then yeah, you I tell know. me, like, yo. So how do they bring out shit out of the block? Did they just, they know what they're doing. Think about it. Okay. I'm a professional of like, think about if I, if I bring someone in to, they have a meniscus tear. I have a process that I have done for years on years on years and years to be able to figure out, is it a meniscus tear? Do you have a tear ACL? Like there's checks and you know, there's testers we have to do to figure that out. And then there's a process for rehab to bring you back. Yeah. And it's the same idea. And that's actually why I love it was, I think I was more open to it as well because it's literally the same thing physically. Uh So I know I have these processes and check marks you have to do to be able to get here and then they have their process, but it's the brain, it's emotion. It's being able to like look at you as a whole person and figure out those little parts that need to be touched on and need to be dealt with and then give you tools to heal them. It's the same thing in physical. Okay, great. Now we're doing this. Okay. Now you have the tools to do it at home and now you come see me only twice a week. Like it's the same type of idea and it takes the right person. If you go into therapy and you don't fuck with like, (laughs) we can talk. (laughs) Well, not to have you. We'll have trickle down therapy it's but all good but, like, <laughs> but the person you mentioned but yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. like this like this is how like legit good they are so i remember i, I remember i walked in this is my second anger management teacher i remember i, I remember walking in and mm. i was just like you know Angry, i was like whatever i was you. like man fuck all this shit <laughs> i was like this is my second time doing this shit i was like it didn't work the first time and i remember walking in she, she you know she never broke her smile she was a sweetheart you know she kept mm. her smile the whole time and, uh, you know, I sit down and, uh, she, um, she was like, I'm Miss Barry. I was like, nice to, right? I was like, okay, nice to meet you, Miss nice Barry. Name. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was dope. Shouts out to Miss Barry. Mm. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, she was like, uh, 
so you know you're here today but let's let's just let's just talk you know let's just have a nice conversation and i was like okay you know and which like you know was bringing down she's slowly bringing down the walls and then she goes uh tell me about yourself you know like what what, what are the things you like and when she said that i was like man i don't think anyone's ever asked me that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was like no one's ever asked me what i what the I things like. i'm into i was like wow that's cool so i was just like oh i you know, I was like, I'm a cheerleader. This was in college. So I was like, I'm a cheerleader here on campus. I, you know, I, I love I, Black I Flag. Love, yeah, lo- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Hell love yeah. punk rock and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I, I like to play guitar. And she was like, oh, my God, you like playing guitar? I was like, yeah. You know, I've been playing since I was like 13. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, uh, so what, like, th- th- do you come from a family of musicians and stuff like that? I was like, oh, no. I was like, I'm, I'm the only one in my family that uh, – you know, plays guitar and, or that does, does anything musically. She was like, oh, that's awesome. You got brothers. And yeah, yeah. I was like, they, you know, they do this, blah, 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 blah. And, and then, you know, she got it. She asked one simple question. It was just like, uh, um, yeah. So like, what, you know, do you have any, that many brothers and sisters? So what, what was it like? What was it, you know, like growing up? And she like knew nothing the, about you, right? Knew nothing. And she, she was like, so what was it like growing up together? And then when she asked that, I was like, I got real quiet. Mm. There it is. Yeah, yeah, I got real they quiet. They know what they're doing. Yeah. These I got real fucking quiet. Because <laughs> now she's asking me the relationship with my family. Yep. And so I got, I just got real quiet. And I kind of, you know, caught off guard. And I, I answered very short. And I just, I was just like, oh, it was, it was, it was very hectic. That's all I said, and I just, you know, kind of kind of closed down. And the then room. you know, yeah, oop, there's down. A mar- there it and is. Then, and then she, <laughs> she like, Fuck. and then, you know, she was like, and then then she got into like, this is a safe space, like, you know, like I I have no desire to just spread this information to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just this is just us. We're just so having a conversation. Cool too is yeah. that's what it is. Exactly. I can tell that bitch anything. And guess yeah. what? By law. <laughs> yeah. She can't say a damn they thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. really, like, it, it really, you can really actually be like, whatever it yeah. is. You know, whatever. You can let, you can That's your time. You don't have to worry about nobody yeah. saying anything. You don't once have to worry yeah, about it. No judgment. These, the walls and, yeah. like, and they do it in such a comforting way mm-hmm. to where, like, it's almost very nurturing. Mm-hmm. And I had to have, like, I swear, though, mine, uh, the two I've had, and this woman over here, she's a G. Like, yeah. Yeah, she's going. a fucking G. Go. She's been through it. insurance cover shit, too? I don't know if she does, okay. but she's been through some shit. But I needed that because I remember the first one I went to, she just looked like fresh out of college and cute. And I was like, all that I'm about to tell you, you're not going to be able to handle it. Like, yeah. it's stupid. They all can. But I just remember being like, no. You know? Yeah. And then when I, I, I needed someone that was, like, older, had life experience, stuff I wasn't going to tell them was going to shock them. You know, I, I was ready because anytime I had opened up to people before, they're just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, all right, yeah. never mind. You know? And I'm like, never mind. I'm cool. Like, everything's fine. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, yeah. but like when you have them, they're just like, okay. So and then this, it. they're ready. They're just ready, yeah. ready to accept you and, and take it and like heal you. And, yeah. and then it's like, if you're doing therapy and training and like the physical, all of the, those two pieces to me and diet are the three pieces and pillars of like, how do I care for self? And then you actually can come into the world and be your most creative, authentic yeah. self you know whether you go through hard times oh or God, good times yeah. like you you my my uh, like same thing like i said this whole epiphany all this business everything that i'm doing is like if i hadn't done that none of this would live yeah. in the world yeah. you know and that's that to me is like really powerful so when i see these people that i feel like just have this little like 
thing on. I'm like, no, yeah. get it off, get one, it off. One of the like, one of the most yeah. beautiful things about it, is, and you know, when I think about it, you know, it's, 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 you know, my personal situation. What I remember about sitting there with Miss Barry, she was just so invested and so interested yeah. and cared to listen. And I don't think I and I, that was something I've never had in my life. So yeah, when I you when you. you go around life when no one wants to hear or like you feel like people don't want to hear you, yeah, you're not you're never gonna talk. But I just saw like in her face and in she never like she just never turned off mm-hmm. on me. Yeah. Like that the the whole time she was just there. Mm-hmm. So it, I was like, oh my God. Like it's it's fucking. What happens if you start bawling? Do they do they stare at you and they say, wait till you don't cry? It depends or? on the person. Yeah, it depends, yeah. yeah. It depends. It, yeah. You know, some people are gonna pass you a tissue or hold some people hold, like there's yeah, there's they might, yeah, pass me a tissue. Yeah, you know there's <laughs> things, but it's like it's okay. I remember my first therapist saying I I had a whole epiphany yeah. about all the things and she was just like Did you block a lot of things out of your life, huh? Oh, my god i remember like same thing as you like it was more like because i just she was like okay tell me about your life and i was like i don't know i grew up in atlanta and like i don't know my dad kind of sucked and then like i don't i like moved out at 15 like i would and she was just like okay we're gonna just just go really slow (laughs) and i I was just like whatever and then when i said it all again to myself out out loud too yeah yeah. i was like oh my god yeah you hear it yeah and then or like and then you actualize it but then it's out of you then you yeah. don't hold it anymore. Your body, we're talking about all this physicality and trauma and what it's holding on to, it's outside. Yeah. But then do you spend the rest of your life going to talk to the people just so you can finally, you, do you ever get healed? I th- uh, what do you mean? You, you, do you ever get it all out? I I will say this. I I believe, I, it's funny, I went to like, I do all the things now. Like I, which I laugh at myself. Sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, you would have never. I go to therapy. <laughs> I go to a spiritual healer, like reads my cards. Like I be doing the shit. And like, I, I, old Jess would have been like, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. Like don't. And, but now I really am at this point in my life where I was thinking about it that one of my spiritual healers was like, you have done the work. Stop looking back at it. The reason the tigers are grabbing you is because you keep letting them. You keep opening it mm. back up. And it's true. For once in my life, I feel it took me a long time to get there. I'd have you have pitfalls, right? You make a lot of progress. And, hey, ah, I fell back. And you yeah. make a lot of progress. Yeah. Same thing on training or anything else. So it's it's a journey. And I, but I truly believe you do get healed. Like the things that happened to me in my childhood do not affect me. And I never thought that at the beginning of the journey. I was like, I'm going to be fucked up forever and I need to watch out for all my pitfalls and all these things. I got to be really good. And when I realized like, no, I have done the work to get in control of these things and I am okay in the world now. You still, I truly still always believe in self-work, but it looks different for me now. It still sometimes will ping back to those things like, oh yeah, I do that because of that. Okay, got it. You know, like whatever it is. Now you're so in touch with yourself. But you do. If you're willing to do it, it's the same thing. Anybody wants to, it's so freeing. And I, again, I correlate it back to rehabbing from an injury. You really want to come back and be strong? Am I really going to skate the way I used to skate? Yes, if you do this with me for this amount of time and then you keep doing it, I promise. And you just got to trust that. And you have to have someone that you trust and you want to go see. You yeah. know, it's the same thing with training. If you hate your fucking trainer, don't go to the trainer. Go to someone else. You hate your therapist, don't go to the therapist. Go to someone that resonates with you. Someone yeah. who, you know, whether sometimes you wanted it was uncomfortable at first. Th- like now I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, I got shit. I got shit to unload. Like I got to figure this out. Like I want mm. to figure it out. You know, I want to get to the bottom of it. Did you have trust issues and relationship issues because of probably all the stuff you blocked out? Oh, my. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so hard for me. Like you have like a relationship and love and all that. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh yeah, my yeah, yeah. god, I was first like wouldn't let anybody get close to me. I broke so many hearts. I fucked so many dudes up. Shout out to y'all. I'm sorry. 
I really had to go back and like fucking apologize. Did you do that? I did. Wow. I really did. Because I I really realized like I didn't know. I just thought, again, I'm a bad fucking person. I did these things. And I realized like, oh, my God, I was just so broken. Did you blame yourself for the shit that happened to you? Absolutely. I always I did so crazy I fully was like it's my fault even the shit that happened like as a teen and in that house I was like no like she was like Jessica you were surviving you had no choice but to you know and I was like no but I and she's like no but you do you blame yourself it's like crazy thing that we do Mm. and um I but in in a relationship same thing and then like picking partners that are also too broke like trying to fit like there's so many pitfalls in that that is such because that's such an intimate place that that is where obviously we all know everything shows up you know we all want to like have that uh but it's like it takes work on self to make that work and to Mm. make it really really to get deeper intimacy and i truly believe that and i think that Mm. it's hard and i look i can now look back on each one of my relationships be like got it lesson that was work for me here got it you know i didn't trust this person because of this like i was uncomfortable with this person because you know you just you 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 learn i believe that relationship is like very you can learn a lot from that as well yeah Yeah. and we start like breaking down all those walls in your your mind and talking to people about it Mm -hmm. start realizing the reasons why you do certain things throughout Mm -hmm. your life where you couldn't do that yeah yeah yeah, for sure Mm -hmm. well I, i i feel like we just spend a lot of times decorating over the reality yes you know yeah. what I mean we never like like it's like fearful to like see the reality of something so we just like decorate it and all of a sudden we live this kind of false reality mm-hmm. when it comes to it's a great way to put it yeah it's a great way to put it yeah. or stories about self that aren't true that you've created for protection or, yeah. or other mm-hmm. way or other reasons and then when you can let go of those and get to yourself self I think one of the other things I see a lot I see this like for instance, a lot of my skaters and things like that, they don't want to lose their grit or their thing that makes them them. I didn't. Mm. Yeah. I yeah, love, I was like, I'm yeah. fucking, you don't. I was like, I don't want to fucking lose my edge. I'm sick. Like, I don't want to, you know, there's yeah. a reason I can get through everything. Yeah. And I really thought yes. that oh if I God. let this go, I was like, I'm not going to be able to be like the gritty, persistent little bitch that I am. No, I'm just better at it. Like yes. now yeah. I'm better yes. at it. I'm yeah. that's, that has nothing to do with that. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of us, um, more extreme people we think that our pain is the driver and maybe like i have this from dan actually oh dan shit smith. Oh, yeah. dan smith. Yeah. it's dan smith strength, strength through pain. Through that's pain. hard and that's my shit because it's true awesome. like we all get our strength through our pain but then we think we have to hold it and it's the thing that's going to be the driver yeah. it's just not it's mm. just not your spirit is you know you are and then the pain maybe helped build your story and shape your story but that's just you I'm so fucking happy you're here, man. Yeah. Me too. This is so guys. awesome. This it's is so sick. So it's just crazy to say meeting you there. And then Luis is the homie. She comes from our world. And just you being it's awesome, man. It's I'm oh, so stoked. Like, I'm learning so much. I'm so happy to talk you're to like you. You're like my new therapist. And <laughs> my, my name is Seuss. I'm going to be your rehab yeah. all yeah. around. Yeah. Spiritual, <laughs> physical. Like, serious <laughs> questions. Full Seriously. Life, full life coach <laughs> all the life coaches. No, but I really appreciate you so much. This is awesome. This is this. I just really appreciate the space to be able to come and talk. And especially yeah. like I was really excited because like between Luis and then Hambone, same thing. Like multiple That's people right, kept, tell me yeah, about you Like too. multiple people were just like, no, you can, you two need to talk. And I'm like, okay, I'm down. Like whatever. Nah. But to be able to have the space and the connector, like I've done some podcasts before and it's great. And we talk a lot about, I've done trauma ones and I've done, you know, more performance based ones. But I've never had one where I'm like, oh, yeah, my community. I used to watch you all the time. You're friends with my friends. We yeah, in this bitch. Awesome. Like, yeah. So to be able to have the space to talk about it, I'm like very grateful. I'm I love how small the world is. Yeah. It's, crazy. it's crazy. And I love how we're all connected by the fucked up 
how the scene looks fucked up to outside people, like you were saying, like people see going to a show. What the fuck is that? But that was like our, that was like our normal. No, that was our sanity yeah. going to these shows. You walk in, you walk in. All these crazy people. It's yeah. refreshing. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I'm home. Yeah. Like, and, that, and someone who really didn't have that home, I'm telling you. I, and that your journey's venue. so beautiful because, like, you left at 15. You was fucking, you were surviving, man. You were fucking hustling. You were doing, it. doing everything, mm-hmm. like, to live. It wasn't trying to, like, to buy new kicks or whatever. Maybe you need some kicks. But, you know what I mean? You're out there trying to live, yeah. you know? Like yeah, what I noticed. And find out what, yeah. what, what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, mean? I was just saying what I've noticed, like, through your story, there's, there's always been this drive, like the drive has always been there, you know what I mean? And like you use it in ways without even really knowing that you've had it. And then, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like once the therapy and all that, you know, the clarity came through, you understood how important that drive was. And it was like, oh, this is the thing I've had for so long. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like you said, you go into these places and you're like, oh, I don't belong here. Well, I'm going to belong here, mm-hmm. you know, or, or you know, in, in making these things really happen for yourself so it's like yeah. actually cool to like you know that's the cool thing about this podcast is like you you hear a person's story and it's like oh they've always had this the specific thing, thing yeah. that has been with them the whole time mm-hmm. and, I, and I feel like with you it's it's this drive you know that just never you Stop. know has never stopped and it's I've just always been there I feel I appreciate that yeah. um I feel I feel I remember like again like I said I remember Nikki Valentine the homie he would always come back to me and be like you fucking did it you know what I mean? Like you really did it. You said you were gonna do it, and you got out, and you got out, and you did it. And that's like, also that PMA too. Yeah, that you big have. time, big time. That's like, it. That's you put real it out shit. there for like, sure, man. And you have to. And like now, my whole driver is just I will be there for the other. Like mm-hmm. skateboarders are my heart. They're my babies. They're like my children. Everybody's like, do you want to have kids? I'm like, I have thirty. I'm fine. Like really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at all ages. Yeah. Like, do you want to have kids? I don't, I know, like really, I feel like okay, I don't, okay. I think I do, I don't know, not right now, because yeah. I don't, I haven't met the person, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to have kids with you, like, yeah. no, because I genuinely, like, take care of 30 ass, yeah, yeah, ass yeah. people, and so I feel that motherly instinct already, yeah. I'm doing that in my work, so I don't have that, that drive to have kids, um, but it might come, it might not, um, but I, I want, that's my biggest purpose, is I'm like, okay, how do I get um, these amazing humans, if I can just be a vessel physically this is my craft this is my gift i can get you right physically but if i can plant that seed to make you right emotionally yeah and take all of us the other push you higher i want those people at the forefront i want skaters at the forefront i want punk rockers at the forefront i'm tired of seeing some basic ass people out there like (laughs) i'm done with it like i'm done with it so i'm like nope i'm gonna help you i'm gonna help you like that's my purpose that's all i want to do fucking love it yeah is there a chance i could waste my money going to um a psychologist is <laughs> because <laughs> tell, oh no, listen, Toby. listen. Because he'll tell me I'm perfect. <laughs> they might just tell me I'm perfect. I love no, that attitude. Can definitely I be, not. I don't know. I don't think. Definitely. I'm yeah. so scared of like, God, just like taking the layers down just to see why I'm such an emotional person. I blame it like when I became a dad and I don't have a dad. So then I started being really emotional watching stupid commercials, bawling. And then I found out my brothers, when they became dads, it was super emotional as well. We've always mm-hmm. been. My mom raised three boys. Pretty much my grandparents raised me. And not having that closure, not going to the funeral, you know, seeing my dad fall on the bed, going to the hospital, never coming back when I was three years old. All that shit. It's just all the memories I have, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that. You have to think about That it. makes me emo thinking about where I barely even knew my dad. Does. But enough of those lot. memories of that time. So then maybe, they, maybe they'll dig deeper into me and find out 
other why? shit you know what yeah I mean? and yeah. again it's like the same thing you have that driver everyone for instance that has ever mentioned like you to me is like that's one of my favorite people he's such a good dude he's got such a good heart and like that's who you are and you're Thank able you. to be this like wonderfully emotional person and like be a support for people and show people and like whatever your journey is from what you've experienced getting there all that's going to do is elevate that yeah yeah like how ill is that no that's pretty cool like, it's like <laughs> unlocking a fucking character and you're just gonna be yeah and i've had like 180 something podcasts with all kinds of people and i feel like this is the one that i'm actually gonna get the phone number and actually call them tomorrow which that. is really fucking that's crazy good. man and that's you and i appreciate you i yeah. got you it's I got, so crazy man it. and by the way your website doesn't work Oh, thanks. So let you know. Shit, I'm not good. I try to check you. <laughs> I'm dead I'm ass, y'all. I'm looking out for you. I can't. I'm thank you. I you should make sure you still go to my that. Instagram. Because I, I went to your website and the shit was down. <laughs> not to blow up your spot, but like. Me and the internet I clicked on <laughs> It's funny because I have. It's good to have, though. I got to figure it out. Trust me. I like. I, it's funny because I have a following. I have all the things. I know. And I'm just like, oh. I hate it. Yeah. Like, I, I know. Hate it, but well, I gotta do it. It's a do. tool that we have to use. If yes. I didn't have the podcast or my band, it wouldn't be on that shit. It's a fucking negative cesspool of shit. Yeah. I gotta I gotta get over it. I gotta really do it. I'm very analog. I'm a weirdo. But I'm gonna do it. Because everybody's any, like uh, Do you have any major regrets in your life? Ooh. That's a big question. I'm sure you get a good answer though. Do you love her now? Yeah. She's fucking awesome. Amazing. I wish yeah. we did this a yeah. year ago. Luis, I love you, man. <laughs> Luis, Shout out to Luis. I just like get my mind blown by people that you you know what I mean don't really know much about. But you yeah. know that they know we're connected somehow. Oh, you know? I love it's it. So wild. Okay, back to regrets. What do you got? What is my regret? Man, I really gotta think about this one. Give me a second. I feel like you don't though. I, I honestly I don't want I'm gonna think of it when I leave here, I'm sure. But like I actually think about this a lot. There's a lot of I've had a lot of wild experiences, a lot of it. I really don't have any regrets because if I didn't take each step in each direction that I did, whether it was a pitfall for a while or it was an elevative step or it was the wrong step, it wouldn't have turned me where I need to totally. be. Totally. And I really am in this place in my life. I'm like, I live in fucking LA with the Dude. illest people. Dude. I have the best community. Oh, Sean V says hi, by the way. Oh, yeah. Say hi, we Sean. Love that. Yeah, we love. But like, hi, you Sean. know what I mean? Like, it just... Yeah, I'm so blessed to where I'm just like, no, I don't have any regrets because if this, if I get this right now, then hell yeah, whatever went on went on. And uh, regrets in the sense True. of like how maybe I've treated people, but I've right, I write those wrongs. That's so important to me is That's to beautiful. always like write those wrongs. That's important. I don't want to question you an optimist or pessimist, but you're so PMA. It's crazy. I'm so PMA. And you've been day. through some dark shit too, yeah. and you kept the PMA. Always, you gotta keep the PMA because like even in the dark times, like life is beautiful. There's a reason we're here. There's a reason we're supposed to be doing shit. So like get through them you know what i mean like if you can just get through them and lean on others you're good and what do you think gave you that strength through all those times just survival mode maybe not even thinking about this is what i have to do you didn't think about like the what ifs yeah i it's funny you ask that because i've thought about that a lot i've tried to figure out like because i've had people say that where they're like how do you not hate humanity like how do you still have love for Mm. humans and like love for I don't know. I, I don't know. I you're helping heal humanity. You're helping heal humans. Because you're doing something yeah. about it. Yeah, that's what it is. That's, yeah, what that's it why, is. You, that's why you don't. That's why you don't hate it. Because you you're actually doing something about it. I feel like a lot of times. You're not talking about the internet. You're yeah, actually doing when, when shit. people yeah. say they fucking have no faith in humanity, it's like, well, what did you do for humanity today? Like, how what did you what help? Did, what did you do to help? Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it may not help the world, but it may help your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, or someone like you know, just within your vicinity. That, that I. I don't know that 
term always bugs me when people are like, I've lost all faith in humanity. Well, it's like you're not, you're not doing anything. Yeah, you're complaining about you're, shit. You're complaining about shit that you don't do anything for. Mm-hmm. You're, you're healing people mentally and physically. Mm, thank you. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're healing okay. fucking people. Like, yeah. But, like, look how you affect all, all those... All those skaters on a, on a regular basis. I love you know what I mean? That that's that's them. that's pushing out, and then all of a sudden it just trickle down. That that's the dope pyramid scheme, if you will. <laughs> yeah, is, is that it? Just it just keeps going. Like that's the p- pyramid scheme you fucking want. Yes, yeah. is that that it's trickle just, down? That's the you want that trickle down. And I how do. you infect you infected me today with the therapy? Because I've been ta- thinking about it for my whole life, and this is the way you broke it down, mm-hmm. and the shit you went through, and then just going there and being so against it, and feeling so fucking. Brand new, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's always being open to something different, and like, yeah, in in if, if that is so important to me and my skaters, they really are like I take so much. I love them so much, yeah. and they are such the brightest, most resilient people. And I'm just like, all I want to do is elevate you. Like the, the, to yeah. have their trust, I take that very seriously in my practice. I take that very seriously in how I care for them. I take that very seriously in how other people approach them. Like, yeah, you can't touch them. Like, excuse me, you know. Um, but that's like very, very serious to me. Like if you're in my little fold, then I want to make sure what, how can I be my yeah. best self for you so that then you can be your best self. 100%. Yeah. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah. Cause you had a lot of odds against you, your life growing up and stuff. Yeah. You escaped all that and fucking made it to where you are. I'm just saying though. You made me cry. I'm already crying on this fucking podcast all the time. I ain't crying today, bro. I ain't got the energy. It's too hot. We're going to cry hard. It's too hot to cry. I'm sorry. And then I, kn- I know you still go to shows because we were both at Turnstile, all three of us. Hell she was, she yeah, was, I know. She was standing by us at the night. Oh, Same yeah. section, dude. Yep. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you still go Yay. to shows, listen to new music. Hell yeah. You know what's that? crazy? Always. And I haven't been, I need to, I told Luis this. I was like, Luis, pull me to every show because I've been traveling so much. Like I yeah. missed Sound and Fury. I didn't go. I was super, I mean, we I was traveling. To that. It was awesome. That, yeah. So sick. I mean, I, that's another one I was coming out to since like 2011. Like just yeah. coming out to California for that. And, um, but yeah, I like I do, and that's why I told Louise I was like, hold me accountable when I'm home and I'm not traveling. Like I had, because that's just everything. Yeah, it like, was nice. Went to that. We've been yeah, a lot of nice. shows lately, man. Yeah, Same. we've been doing a lot of them. We've been doing a dope run. And then Turnstile just announced they're coming back in November. I just yeah. saw that yesterday. Yeah. Super stoked. They're I'm so, so happy sick. for them, man. Me too. So I'm happy for that, happy. man. They're like in in looking back and like watching like again like in Atlanta they used to come and like stay at my house or sleep on yeah, my floor. Yeah, they stay upstairs too here too. Same. Sh- and now yeah, I'm like, Franz. you're fucking freaky Franz. We love freaky Franz. They elevated so heavily. It's amazing. Like though. I haven't seen that like crossover. Like you have like there yeah. to me like there's so so much amazing music and we could go down that hole forever. But like there's something extra extra i'm like look at what you like the way they like transform their sound what they're doing but it's so authentic it's so fucking ill it's and they're real. just the illest yeah. people it's real, it's real dude. Baltimore, you know dude it's real shit i like, know shit. and they're good kids and they kill it live and their record's great and they're fucking I super posy wonderful energy wonderful energy like they're just but see like all the different people in the crowd and different ages oh, they, they, they bring a universal audience I know it's kind of crazy yeah. like i was looking i was thinking the same thing like thinking back to just like hardcore and then i was just like Holy shit! Look yep. at this, like. And you can't. And then that could tap someone into a whole different world of me, yeah. which is fair. Yep. It just makes me happy, like to see yep. that where hardcore has come and whose hands it's in, mm-hmm. and the new generation and everything that they fucking. Let's keep. We it talk about going, them yeah. every episode yeah. on this fucking podcast. It's almost so turnstile. yeah, sick. just because they're so dope and it's just they're so dope. The I two for it. me that are the newest bands and it Power Trip and then 
turnstile yeah. to me that hit really hard and really made it like a major impact across like s- s- for real. And this like really hit me in my soul. I was in fucking Copenhagen and one night it was like, I had one night where it was like this lag in between these two events. And I was like, okay, I have a little bit of time. I was like, I'm going to go get a fire ass dinner somewhere by myself. Right. <laughs> I go get this fire ass dinner. And it, I mean, it was bougie. It was nice. And the dude, even he was like, you came all the way from LA. Come in. He had no room. Maddie sent me the Like it was somebody like whatever. Maddie so Matheson. Yeah. And like, shout out to Maddie. Shout out to Maddie. Um, it's like, and it was like a reco and whatever. So I go, the dude sitting next to me was chatting across the bar to the owners the whole time. And then I love to talk to people. So then we end up chatting and no shit. He's a huge, you would not imagine this dude. He is not like it really in hardcore or anything, but he was just like huge power trip fan. Like I pulled out my wow. purse and I had wow. a patch on it and he was like, hold on. And like pulls it out, and I was just like, "See, and there's that cro- there's just that trickle." I was very and that connection, cool. man. It was that very cool. You never would have fucking thought. I was like, "What? Like this is crazy." I just love that just seeing somebody wearing a shirt or something automatically, you know, like you're on the same yeah. wavelength. And you saw me wearing the Fugazi shirt. Yeah, and now we're fucking. Now you're my son. You're my adopted fucking son. <laughs> <laughs> I brought you in the house. You're part of the Morrison. Real shit. Though. I'm just saying though, that's beautiful yeah. about where we come from and that music and yeah. that scene because it is so special. And as much as people think it's huge, it's still very underground. Yeah. Very. You know what I mean? It is. But we're all connected. Like, it's that soul shit. Fuck, man. This was excellent, man. I'm fucking. This is great. I want to yeah. drop this shit tomorrow. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to come back on it once I get my first therapy and talk about it. I would oh, love yeah, that. Oh, yeah. She should come back. Yeah. Let's talk. No, I'll talk sure. about anything. Wanna, yeah. I'm checking all my stats on you in here, girl. Damn, oh. that's that, Yeah. You know what I mean? That would be. That would we're, be. We're a part two. We'll break it down. I would love that. We'll cry like fucking babies. I will cry. And you're a certified nutritionist. Yeah. Correct? Yes. 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 Damn. I want to talk to you about that too. It's Not like, on the pod, but we could tell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm on that life. Dude. Yeah. It's good. And my my specialty more so lies in like rehab and performance, especially. Okay. But I have that to be able to at least have an overview of how to program for performance because what you eat, whether you're trying to perform, you're trying to get healthier, you're trying to get lean, yeah. you have to know. How, what, how food actually affects you how your body metabolizes so true. it what it does because there's so much misinformation out there so it's like how what? do we look yeah. how do we look at this as like how to fuel your life properly for whatever your goals are you know? yeah. yeah so what's on what's on the horizon for you like what's next for you like what, what else do you want to achieve in your life that you haven't done yet oh god I don't know uh, I, I I really oh, I feel I, like you can do anything yeah <laughs> you guys for real honestly, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I mean just hearing and your she's story she's still like young I'm, come on man yeah like it's on. crazy like, what are, else we, you the, are we the same year I wanna ask would you graduate 05 you're supposed to ask the woman your age I 08 08 yeah and I was supposed to graduate 10 so I'm 30 30 yeah. damn yeah. fucking young buck man. yeah yeah well you graduate 08 yeah I was supposed to graduate in 10 and so remember I graduate early like I quit and then I just Dude, went to alternative you so much man so much so I I, I don't know was, somebody asked me this the other day, actually. My friend Lionel was like, what do you what do you want to do? And I'm like, I know what I just said as far as like how to affect change. For me, it will always be the other. I'm the bad kid trainer. It is what it is. That's what <laughs> I do. Like if you're fucked up, whatever, I'm you. I'm for you. And so in but it, even be, being able to like look at how do I affect change with the humans I have now. And I want to create better protocols for skaters. Like my goal is to be able to build a way better system like the NFL has, whatever. But like, yeah, do it right. Why, why, and why not? Do it why right. Because the reason why I can do it is because the community, like they trust me. Yeah. Like I'm outside with them and I'm inside with them. And we, we there's that bond. So I'm like, how yeah. do I build this and make it real and elevate others and like do that? So I would like for that to look. And I want to do more in the community 
like in general, just in LA, I feel like there needs to be more community work. Like I work this organization called Feed the Streets. Shout out to them. They're incredible. Awesome. Do a lot of work. But like the overarching thing, I don't know what it looks like yet. I know what I want to do as far as like what yeah. I want to do for humans and like yeah. how I want to do that. And I just don't know what it looks like on a larger level yet. Yeah. It'll be something. Like it I'm seems like some like, big. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but it seems like if you see it, like you attack it right there. Yes. Like you're more like that. Yep. Very straightforward. Okay. Yep. Very, okay. Very no bullshit. Like, that's it. No yeah. bullshit. That's I'm East like, that's Coast. It. It's it like is. if it's right there, it's, I'm attacking. My heart attaches yeah. to it. I'm like, that's it. That's yep. the spark. That's what I want. And that's what I'm going to do. And so in the meantime, I'm just like, I take care of a lot of people. So I'm like, that's a long days. And I just try to take care of them and build that better. And then once what's supposed to come with can you know who knows because i swear yeah. everything that happens with me it's like serendipitous you have an epiphany yeah. meet the right person yep. what can we build you know so i know where my heart lies and what my like general theme to change for yeah, humans you is you and go. then it's like yeah. all right oh yep. this is the vessel now this is the way to go you know like mm. this is it she so have a lot of clients during the week you're pretty busy oh hell yeah you know what's crazy i think i look back to people being like this won't work every i have so many skaters yesterday i worked from 7 a.m to 2 p.m or 3 p.m. And it, all skaters. And so to be able to have that. And then I have a few outliers. Like I yeah. said, like I train like like some other people. Like I have this one musician. She's incredible. Her name's Maria Isabel. I love her. And like there's a few other people mixed in there. But I have so many skaters. I travel with them. It's cool. Take care of them. So like I'm just back to back to back. But the fact that they want to show up. I remember yeah. Sean Malta was like, you know, you're my only standing appointment every week. Like think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's it. But, like, they want to show up. They want to get in. They're seeing the results. They're skating better. They're moving better. And they're in it now. I'm just like, oh, I got to keep that going. There's only one of me, though. So, some, right now, I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, yeah. I don't know. Would you how train to keep somebody up. else to do what you do? I would love to. I yeah. just have to find anybody listening is interested in this. Yeah. I have, I, I really do. And I have to just find the right person because there's a lot of people interested, but I'm always like, Where's your heart at? Exactly. It's in your heart. It's it's in your heart. Yeah. Are you, is it no, real? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just a job. Is you, it's something you really love. You love this shit. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It fuels life. your life. It really does. Like, I wouldn't do anything else. I don't care. And you like, created this. I made it. I made it up. I mean, I fucking made it up. My dog just farted. Yeah. She yeah. does in every Tell episode. She every episode. Every <laughs> oh, my God. She's got to leave her mark. She needs to get talked about. Also, yeah. for the listeners, <laughs> th- th- I had I had the AC going for the first half. So if you hear something that's AC, I, I don't want my guests to melt. I've been so worried about I didn't do any podcasts for the month of August because it's so fucking hot. But it's pretty it's good in here, right? Well, my dog did fart. I'm sorry. Um, but thank you for being here, yeah. man. I thank can't wait for so fucking much part for two. having me. This, this is a beautiful conversation. So chill, right? Yeah. yeah. This is such a great conversation. Yes. It was very so chill. Good, yeah, man. I was all nervous. I'm like, oh, we're just talking. No, dude, <laughs> just talking. <laughs> Anything thank else you want to so say? We're no, every, I, yeah, that was beautiful. Well, they can find you on the internet, whatever your name, but they can't find you on your website. Yeah, that's coming back. I'm bringing it back for her. Mm-hmm. Um, just look <laughs> you up. You can Google you, see whatever you're up to. Miss Jessica. Yeah. Find me. Damn, Jessica. This is fucking. Thank y'all for having me so much. This, this was, so this was fucking, it's almost <laughs> like, I don't want to say life changing for me because I know I'm actually going to make, do something off this cast after this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it makes me so And then my happy. wife's going to thank you because she's been telling me to do it. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so yeah, man. Fuck. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry to come back in the pod just real quick because fucking <laughs> Jessica, I just realized first she has a PMA tattoo. Now she has a fucking, you're so cool tattoo. She has a true man's tattoo. 
Right. And that's what her favorite movie was, but I guess it's that. It's a hundred percent. I have to watch my wedding band. Times. I have that same fucking. T- Me and Travis Barker got matching ones on the box racer so of that. Ew. You saw my thing over there, right? Yes, yeah. I was looking straight at it. It was funny. I was talking to y'all, and then once I settled, I was like, "You're so close." And the reason why Chappelle's yeah. not allowed on the podcast now because he's never seen that movie. Well, are you fucking kidding me? He's never seen Nuh-uh. the movie. He refuses to see it only why? because I love it so much. It is the and for so many reasons during the, during the pandemic we got COVID together me Chappelle my whole my wife and my son and we made Chappelle watch a movie for the first time and it was called Goodfellas you had never seen <laughs> you really Listen, don't not, watch not, movies yeah. <laughs> this is really proving Listen, me are you I watch, kidding I me I watch the same fucking movies I, like, I travel a lot because of comedy back okay, spot, what movie? Dude, so <laughs> and so I, I download I like I bought movies that uh, for my iPad and I watched these same movies Okay. Well, let's Dude, open just because it's true, man. Statue of a fuck, man. That is my favorite movie of all fucking Me time, too, hands down, forever. Yeah, I put it on all the time just because. Dude. Angus. You guys ever seen Angus? No. Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, so you <laughs> <don't> <laughs> hate no, no All right. Give, give, all me, right. give me another movie. Yeah, one more. Of the ones that I watch. Give me uh-huh. another besides Angus. Uh, I love Saving Silverman. Okay, I remember that all one. Right, kind yeah. Of. Yes, you, you, you like you like uh. Sh- sh- Shawshank? Redemption? Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. That's classic. That's, that's a, a classic. That's that's kinda, yeah. Yeah. Anything else though? Like any love stories like we like? Yeah. I love love stories. Give me then another, why give don't you? Crazy <laughs> Stupid Love. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> is that Steve Carell? Yeah. It's okay. Uh, it's just as uh, classic because it's James uh, Gaines. Okay, listen. This is like, I mean, everybody knows, but this is the ultimate, most badass love story of all time with the two sickest fucking rom-coms. people. And no, no, no. It's di- But it's also like, Violent and ill and has the best model, bro. Like, like natural you have born to, killers. Yeah, but like that was somewhat of a love story. And James Gandolfini's <laughs> first movie. No way. Yeah, first I movie. did not know that. First movie, man. Wow, sick. And like four people die from that movie. Him. Is it, peace, is it online? Dennis Hopper. Come on, man. You're embarrassing me. I went to a rap report about you. <laughs> He's Dick Ritchie, bro. Okay. <laughs> he 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 already got mad that I didn't never seen Goodfellas. Oh yeah. So what's I what's mean, it, you know? I mean, you seen Zebrahead though, right? No. Okay. His first movie, Zebrahead, it's incredible, man. You Listen, make I've list. seen rapid movies. Well, now I, I love you even more Hitch. because you have a fucking true romance. Tale. Oh, my God. It's, it's so nice. Shit. It's nice, too. Thank yeah. you. He killed it. That's why I was like, did that? little. Uh, oh, fuck. What's his name? Andrew here that used to like, work at Shamrock. Okay. Shout out to Shamrock. Yeah. Mark Mahoney. Yep, yep. My wife loves you, Mark Mahoney. She thinks she's so hot. <laughs> okay. We're signing off again. Bye. Bye. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swipe the credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient and it's painful. They ice you up, it's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly gonna get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. 
I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 remover treatments done. 100 locations. U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology. Cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TobyH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out. Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch, and anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis, so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam.